What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? I just wanted to take a minute before the episode and divert you guys to our Facebook page. On the Facebook page, we actually have the Toys for Tots eBay army posted up. Uh, it should be on sale right now upon listening to this episode. It's going to be up for 10 days. It is a Custodes army. It's beautifully painted by Perpetual Painting Dave. We love you, Dave. And just wanted to let you guys know how good of a cause this is. Uh, this is going to be a charity auction army that all proceeds that get donated to this army and to this eBay auction will go directly to the Toys for Tots. That's those Marines that go out there and make sure that all children have a great Christmas. So if you want to go check that on our Facebook page, if anything, if you could help us out by sharing that auction, sharing it off to whatever you know Facebook group you're in or anything like that, because maybe somebody else out there will be looking at that army, even if you're not interested, we definitely appreciate that, guys. Uh, but anyway, we'll go and kick off this episode. Y'all have a good one. This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Isvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Isvan 5. The force flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Isvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 79 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horace Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, my name is Michael. Got my co host Scott here. Go and say what's going on, Scott. Good evening. And powerful Ryan Kimmel himself. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, guys? And you'll notice there is no Derek this evening. We actually might be losing him for a while, strictly because he works retail, and it is that season for the pleasing, so he is squeezing those extra hours. So I think that Sundays, kind of, which is the days we record, are kind of uh, kind of got him on lockdown. At least he's making that sweet bank. So hopefully next week you save this episode, Derek, for when you're working, because I know you're going to come back and listen to it. And because you're not in it, and hopefully you're listening to this right now while you're making that sweet, sweet cheddar. I really hope that's happening, a hundred percent. Or or painting your fucking army, one of the two. <laughs> so yeah, let's not yeah. make new ones before we paint the first one, Derek. <laughs> God damn, God damn <laughs> poor Derek. I think. Hey, let's do out a bunch of closer passes. Hi, I'm Derek. <laughs> I'm played Heresy for seven and a half minutes and i've already started two armies and neither one of them are completely painted you know what here's the thing here's the thing that i want to this is something that i want to do right now because y'all keep bringing this up and this is completely unplanned this is not something that we <laughs> talked about and it's one of those things that <laughs> that i feel needs to happen if you have an unpainted army <laughs> I just want, if you have an unpainted army or an army that's not ready, like, you have a shame army, all right? You have this army that you're like, ah, I started getting this one off the ground, but I couldn't do it because of whatever reason, or I got tired of it, or the fluff just wasn't working out for me. Whatever reason. I know you people have them, and I know there's more shame armies out there than fully painted armies. There has to be. The numbers just add up. I want you to go ahead and pop a picture of that army. I have and just go. Just go ahead and send that picture right over to Ryan. No, I'm just playing. Go ahead and send that picture over to the Facebook page <laughs> so we can make a wall of shame. Like, have no shame, people. 
Go out there, go take a picture of that army that is your shame army, and post it on our Facebook wall. And just so, just so we can all have a little bit of a, a little bit of humble pie right now. How about that? So, all you people out there, just go ahead and pop that picture over of those ideas that didn't happen. And who knows, man? Maybe somebody will make you an offer for it or something. And be like, hey, that's an army that I want to work on. Let's get these. Let's get this, these shame armies out there so that. Ryan and fucking Scott can get off their high horses over there. And <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. I have a shame army, too. But you know what? I also have five fucking fully painted armies. So I can, I'm, allowed to, I'm allowed a shame army. Fuck, I can have four shame armies, and I still outnumber shame armies with fully painted armies. So that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying embrace. <laughs> embrace the growth, boys. Embrace the growth. Sometimes ideas just don't happen just because... You know, better ones come about. It's like I feel like. Well, after, just tell Derek after, to leave leave the start of his space wolf army in a parking lot somewhere, like he does the rest of his armies, and then he can start in for his children or whatever the fuck he was wanting to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like after hey, don't you give know, us that Derek, when you're ready to switch armies, and it just <laughs> accidentally gets left in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every time an army idea gets abandoned, a new fucking demon in the warp is made. <laughs> like it's like, like the uh, like the first murder, like the first army that got dropped. There was a a fucking horrible, horrible demon that has just fucking come and made in the warp. But, oh heavens! So anyway. Go ahead and do that, guys. Go ahead and send us your shame armies. I'm interested in seeing them. And then also, if you can give us a little write-up on the fluff on you know what you were going for, that way we can know exactly what you fucking quit. So that'd be great. I'd love to see that shit. So anyway, what do we have this episode? What do we have going on before poorly, poor, immediately berating on poor Derek while he was at work listening to the podcast, which he's a part of? What do we have? So this episode... We got our normal intro and hobby progress, which we'll go over here in a little bit. Uh, then we're going to go into some... Uh, then we're going to talk about why we dropped episode 78.5. You may have already seen that come into your feed and your podcast feed thinking, what? And you haven't listened to do it yet for some reason. You went straight to 79 because you don't, you, don't, you don't give a fuck about numbers or how they work. You just went straight into the meat. So 78.5, we're going to talk about that. Uh, And we're going to talk about Toys for Tots. You probably heard a commercial at the beginning of this episode, unless for some reason I didn't record it or I died. And this is like your last time you're hearing my voice in this like hidden catalog that you found on my computer. Uh, So we're going to talk about that, Toys for Tots. Then we got voicemails from you guys, as usual. Then we got emails we're going to go over. We got a couple few emails coming from you guys. And uh, one Facebook message that I definitely want to go over. Uh, and then we have some list we're going to cover. And by that point, Scott may have dropped off. But um, let's go ahead and talk to the man over there in the fucking brass tower, Scott himself. What's going on, Scott? How, how what's your what's your intro and hobby progress? Let's hear it. Doing good, man. Here in God's country, Kentucky, um, painting my world ears currently. So they got here. I've cleaned them up. I've assembled. Like into sub assemblies, uh, 20 veterans and one delegatus based off of that, uh, and shield captain that was like a games day model, uh, back in the day. So I got all that together. That's right. Lazy, lazy heresy. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm fucking painting these guys. Um, I'm, I'm doing everything pretty much in sub assemblies because the two colors are white and red. And I, you know, obviously I cannot even imagine how difficult it would be to clean up overspray if, uh, if that were to happen along, especially with infantry models, like it's, they're really too small and their details are too finite to uh, tape off for me to get, get the like proper blending and stuff on my reds as opposed to my whites and things like that. So do the shoulder, shoulder pads separate backpack separate. Um, so all like the, uh, the despoiler pattern dudes are the ones I got the Mark three guys with the bolter and chain swords. And they come with all these little bolt pistol pouches and stuff. I'm painting all those gluing them on, uh, pattern bolters that I'm going to like, under sling behind their uh their like power plant backpack so they're completely WYSIWYG because uh vets come with bolter bolt pistol and chain sword and then of course uh, they're world leaders so i gave them chain axes uh <clears throat> other than that that's about it man i snipped a bunch of melt bombs off the sprue i'm going to actually model on my melt bombs on my units and everything i'm going fucking whole hog Love okay, I'm not leaving any room for excuses, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> True crazy wig. <laughs> yep. True fucking wizzy wig, man. That's badass. Fucking melt bombs on all your models that have melt bombs. Not all of them. I'm gonna pick like four models out out of the ten and put melt bombs on them. A big thing I'm trying to do with these vests is make them look uh like kind of unique and of their own, like different helmets, you know, some without helmets, different faces, everything is going to be unique. So they can all look like, like, you know, their own, like the veteran warriors who have been doing this shit a long time and have kind of earned their keep within the Legion and stuff. So. Love it, man. <clears throat> sounds like fun. That's me. Sounds, sounds like when, when's your estimated time for completion for, for your world leaders? I think sometime within two weeks, our our first game of the Escalation League, like the 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 Escalation League, like officially kicks off November twenty seventh. So I will one hundred percent be done with the guys I'm doing right now uh, by that deadline, and then um, in the next two weeks easily. Uh, other than that, after that, I'll, I'm I'm planning on. It goes up in 250-point increments, so I'm going to upgrade my Delegatus to a Praetor, which I'm going to use Karn's model for that, and then I'm going to do a Contemptor. So those are only you know just two models. Essentially, they shouldn't be that that hard to paint for the next uh, bi-weekly points increase, in theory. How, are you knocking that white out pretty quick with your airbrush? White went on really well. So what I did was... Um, I had brought a test model up to show Ryan and he gave me some really good, uh, constructive criticism on, on my white was very dark on my test model, especially after the oil washes that I did. So I changed my mid-tone highlight to, a the air color, it's called concrete slab and it's like a grayish blue color instead of like the Vallejo game air, um, light gray, which is more of a traditional gray doesn't really have any tint it's still very dark uh this this concrete slab color from the badger manatee airline is really good mid-tone 
and I hit that onto gray primer. And then my final highlight was just a true white and, uh, looks great. I'm really happy with how it came out. And, uh, yeah, I can't bitch, man. Got lucky on this one, so I'll take it. <clears throat> Fuck yeah, man. Powerful Ryan Kimmel, now the master of painters. He was always a good painter, but now he's fucking up there. Yeah, I think he grades. took a painting class or something. I'm not sure, though. That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard. I'm just saying. So that's it for you, Scott. Ryan, man, what about yourself? I, I, I have the pleasure and honor of being in the Patreon chat with you. So I, I got to see some of it, but why don't you share with our, with our listeners, what you've been working on. So I have finished two more. Now I have a trifecta of land Raider with the Sagittarius blood. And I am currently working on Sagittarius kit from Blood and Skulls on eBay. <laughs> I'll just play it. Go ahead. The wraparound. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Michael's <laughs> fucking with me because I literally get asked like on an hourly basis. It's even funny, like on our Facebook, it's the same question is asked like three times. It's like, do you guys even scroll up and like read the rest of the fucking post before you <laughs> no. ask these questions? That's obvious that they don't. Anyway, I didn't even know they had the the oppressor pattern treads as an offering until live last episode. I looked online. And I was like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> yeah, that's gonna save you like get, forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, you can get the oppressor treads, which are the like they're like a spiked looking one, um, or you can get the liberator treads, which are the standard. They kind of match like what is on the. Uh, Spartan and stuff. And the Fell Blade and the Spartan, they look pretty much like those. Um, so yeah, I fished two more of those, and I'm currently working on two more. So the two, the other two that I finished, I basically just decaled them up and painted them to match the first one. Three uh, Grave Warden squads. And they're all going to be in Phobos's, so I kind of wanted the tanks to match. Like, they're supposed to be, like, the same squadron or whatever, or, like, same element of tanks. And then I have a secondary list where I run Armored Spearhead, where everything in the army can take Land Raiders. And I have two just basic tactical squads um, that I've bought extra hand weapons for or whatever that are going to go in them. And I'll use two of the three of this trifecta of ones that I've done in the same color scheme. For those two. Two of them that are going to be specifically for Death Shroud to ride around in. So I'm doing them uh, different from the original three. I mean, they're obviously still going to be painted Death Guard colors, but I've put green. Where I put the green on the tank, it's in different areas, and I've put different decals on them. So I'll have these two will match, and then the, uh, the original three will will match but they won't match each other. And then I have three Achilles Achilles land Raiders to do. And those I will, you know, do their own paint scheme for them. I'll do the same thing where I'll put the green, you know, in different places on them than the other ones that I've done just to get some variation in the army, even though it's a bunch of land Raiders. I dig it, dude. So they're going to match their fucking land Raiders. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then that way I can say, like, the one with all the side decals are the Death Shroud, and you can tell that 
the death shroud because there's sides all over the vehicle. And the grave wardens are this one with all the the skulls and hourglasses on it. And I haven't decided what I'm going to do for the Achilles yet. The Achilles Land Raider, I'm putting machine killer vets with Kami Meltas in it as like a siege type unit. I figured that like you have the siege tank that drives forward just like to blow a big fucking hole in something and then like vets jump out with melt guns to blow an even bigger hole in it or something. I don't know. Fuck yeah, dude. Seems cool in my head. Yep. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's canon. What yeah. about you? What is, <laughs> what is your uh, time frame? You think you'd have all that done? Because I know you well, I I've finished your calendar. Yeah, I haven't really done that with Army. I'm not that worried about it. started on early enough. I got these three. I should have two more Land Raiders done by the time we record again. And so my the Army I'm starting out with, the extremely low model count, to just try out this MKA theme um, when I went there. So that was kind of the idea for this Army was as low a model count as I can make it, but still something I wanted to play. So the Army is essentially just... Uh, three five-man Gravewarden squads, all in dedicated Phoboses, and then I took a Praetor with Pride of the Legion, where I get Terminators as troops, a four-man Death Shroud squad, and a five-man Death Shroud squad, each with their own dedicated Phoboses, and then in the four-man squad. So it's literally just 25 Terminators and five Land Raiders, and that's 2,500 points. Dig it. So, I should have these other two Land Raiders done by the time we record next, so that's all the vehicles for the army, and then I just need to paint 25 infantry. So I don't know... I've not painted any infantry yet using my new skills um, and this new method of painting, so I don't know how long they're going to take to let you know, but I'd say... I'm hoping to be done, like, maybe the first, like, with this 2,500-point army, like, maybe a week or two weeks into December, be done with it and have 2,500 points done. Fuck yeah, dude. That's fucking badass. And then also uh... by then, also by then I'll figure out if I got into the Adepticon event that I want to get into, and if I'm able to do that, then I will, uh, I have to paint, um... Because this isn't the army I'm taking to Adepticon. This was just something to paint up for my game club, something I wanted to do and get the scheme down. I'd have to paint up um, the tacticals that I have, um, an Achilles, a Scorpius, and the six uh, machine killer vets to go in the Achilles. So that would be another, what, 26 guys... And, and two more tanks to finish that army. And then at that point, I would have six Land Raiders painted, and then, what is that? One, two, three, eight squads. So I'm hoping to have all of that done, what we just talked about, by roughly halfway through January, maybe the end of January. And then that gives me... February, March, and April. Or when is Adepticon? Is it March or April? East March. It's late March, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that would give me essentially two months to work on other shit. Like if I wanted to paint stuff 
for Dark Age or whatever. I could go back and work some more on my word bearers. There's some stuff I'm working on behind the scenes, like just for pickup games and other podcasters coming in from Adepticon. There's been some challenges and some shit, like some friendly shit talk. It's not for real. Uh, back and forth about playing certain people and this and that and different game systems. So, like, I've been conned into maybe trying to paint up some Battlefleet Gothic. Um, Armored Warfare game we're testing behind the scenes. So I've, like, literally, like, 3,000 points of nothing but Death Guard tanks. Like, no infantry, just all tanks, and do, like, a giant Armored Warfare game. Um, shit going on. So I don't know. That'll give me two months to sit down and assess and you know, relax and have my main army done and work on other shit. Plus I have to work on the missions for my event that I'm running at Adepticon, but I already have that giant roster of pre-written missions that I've done in the past. So it's more like I literally just need to kind of sit down and pick which of those I want to use and what tables I'm going to take and whatever, and then put the you know final stamp on that. That's not something I'm too worried about just because I've run so many events in the past and have so many resources to pull from it's something I could do almost on the fly. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, I like your big hey, Michael, Rolodex of list. What's up? You remember uh, last last week you reminded me that that Forge Roll transfer sheet's going to take a really long time? Yep. I just had to throw this in there. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. It is taking a really long time. <laughs> but but. Think- Thankfully for me, uh, powerful Chris Bergeron out of Michigan sent me some extra World Eaters transfer sheets that should help get me by a little bit. You know, with, yeah. uh, what, what'd you do for him? That's what I'm asking. Oh, man. Well, that's a different podcast for a different time, my friend. <laughs> ask him if he's related to Tom Bergeron. And if he is, is there any way he can get uh, that Julianne Huff or Hoag's phone number for me? Yeah, well, I... just just for just for research purposes. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> you know, maybe a pair of her socks. It doesn't matter. If they're... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With the holiday season Preferably coming up, dirty. Just, you know... <laughs> yeah, just for stocking. Just for stockings. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything like foul with them or anything. Just stocking. <laughs> Well, fuck yeah, dude. That's badass. That is fucking badass. I have not touched these Blood Angel transfers uh, at all. Like, I have them, and I look at them, and I, like, held them up next to Dreadnoughts and where I think I want to put them and stuff like that. But I'm holding out until I find out the fucking magic recipe of how to make them look great. And I think I've been doing pretty good so far with my Ravenwing transfers, but they're so beautiful and they're so pretty. That I'm afraid to I'm afraid to use them right now. I know that I'm not qualified to use them correctly yet. So just just on on the, how many on the are you wanting to put on? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I like you could just mail them to me and I'll put them on for you. Are you serious? I, that I might actually fucking do that. Like that's like if like if I <laughs> gave you like if I sent you my dreadnoughts like like it's there's probably. Probably like six, seven dreadnoughts. I need to get them put. Dig need transfers put on them. Like they already have transfers. They're technically already done. They already have their like their their finished coat on. But like now that these transfers are out, I really want to like I don't know how to put it. Like kind of like tattoo my boys up. Like 
get them some of those uh those gold inlays around their armor and shit like that. I just what I want to do is above my level of competence already. So Hey man, don't don't try to give yourself a tattoo. You go to a tattoo artist. So <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know, Ryan. I did not even think about sending them off to somebody. I, I would never do that to you strictly because of how much how inundated you are with just everything that you have right now. But I don't know. Well, I am offering. Like you're my bro. I'll do stuff for you. Nice. Stuff. <laughs> I would love for that. To... <laughs> I will remember that when Mar- when March comes around, but <laughs> I'm like, I'm hey, Ryan. A blank check with that statement. I feel like <laughs> I'm gonna just walk in your room. Hey, Ryan. Stuff. <laughs> Time to get some stuff done. I'm about to bust. <laughs> Open no, your mouth. I, I want to put some stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. No, but but honestly though, it's a uh, you know I'm in no rush to do it. So I don't know, Ryan. I might take you up on that. Just you know, if you're down. I mean, well, if you're in no rush, does it need to be done for Adepticon, or are you just it just needs no. to be done at some point? Just needs to be done at some point. They're just they're just there to make if you're in no better. hurry. You could even when you come up. Well, you even said something about coming up before the end of the year and hanging out with me. That's right. So just bring them with me and Why don't you just do accidentally that forget them? And bring it with you. Yeah, and I'll just throw them on there. Like, oh, don't, man. don't come up here and try to fucking ghost me either and be like, oh, man, I'm sorry, Scott. I forgot to even mention that I was in fucking Indiana. Ugh. Yeah, well, we could, <laughs> we could just do it while you were here. It's not that... It's not that hard. We we could literally watch a movie or something, and while the movie was on TV, when we're sitting there bullshitting, I could do it. Like, why we've just since we started recording this podcast, to nerd to I called him Nurgle, damn it, two Death Guard Land Raiders like fully. Each one has one, two, three, four, five. Oh, four each one, each Land Raider has six decals on it. So I've done twelve decals in the last half hour while we've been t- sitting here talking. Mm. <laughs> well, we might have a we might have a little plan going on, and and Scott, if I was gonna like, I had planned if I go up there to go up during game night. So absolutely. I just don't want to find out you were up here by pictures of you guys at the fucking exotic tiger rescue after <laughs> you've already left. Going up on Facebook, I will be fucking butt hurt if I find out. <laughs> Now I almost want to do it just to see what Scott does. Like you fucks, God damn it! I've been wanting to go that thing since day one, man. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and I found a new I found a new thing today. I think I think I sent you guys the pictures, the hubcap tenderloin. Did you guys see yeah. that? Ah, oh, right. fuck! We're going to go, Scott. It's this place, Uncle Sandwich. Right. It's real close to my house. It's only like. 10 minutes from my place and Say no more. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's nine fifty, and it's literally a sandwich. That's the size of a paper plate. Like the bun is the size of a paper plate. Yeah. The whole sandwich is about the size of your torso and it's nine fifty, and you get that fully loaded with other toppings you want. Plus fries for nine fifty. Jesus. I feel like I'm, I'm up to that challenge. So 
Whenever you, you want to do, do it, heart let's do it. <laughs> like, no man's heart is up to yep. that. But fuck yeah, dude. That sounds like a badass time. Go up there, play some games, learn how to put decals properly, the the proper way. Go, go to the exotic feline rescue center. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. Go eat a hubcap tenderloin. It'll probably probably be about mid December, if anything. I don't know if y'all have any plans going on or something going on mid December, but it'll probably be about mid December before I can make it up there. But ideally, like I, I really want to test out a list against you guys or with you guys that I could take to LVO. And so, okay, I think I think that'd be like the perfect time to just kind of get stuff worked out. Go take it to a game club. Let run it against you guys. Run the list against you boys, and then if it works out, man, then I know for sure it's gonna do. Have have a. I'm not gonna get my ass fucking handed to me at LVO. So. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to fly all that way. Just well, you're doing the narrative at LVO, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't want to embarrass the podcast. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, I know I like it's an idle. It's like this is in no way fluffy, nor do I trust your podcast anymore for any sort of. Ryan, let you come to LVO with this list? <laughs> no, <laughs> you've ashamed yourself and your ancestors, sir. <laughs> Please leave. So, yeah. Michael's like losing at LVO and I'm not even there. I'm like halfway across the country and I just like get like a pain in my chest. My eyes start twitching and shit. I'm like, what's going on? What's nose? going on? <laughs> Felt a great He's... disturbance in force. Like a thousand voices cried out at once and they were silent. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's just holding his chest in his chair. Ryan, what's wrong? Something bad's happening right now. <laughs> Something very bad. <laughs> <laughs> so. well i sent you a picture of i wrote down all the days that i have to work double shifts on um and it's just on a shitty piece of notebook paper in my second grade handwriting uh so you can find that in our little podcast chat and that's all the days i have to work double shifts um so preferably not like including any of those days but any other days would be fun yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to see. Like, do you have it all the way out to December? Yeah, I have it all the way to the end of the year. Oh, perfect! I'll take a look at it and I will pick a day. Because we had a uh, coworker pass away, so there's only three of us in here. That other guy, because there was three guys on day shift. Um, when one of them was off work, it wasn't a big deal. Because when they took off, you still had two guys here where you can't have more than, can't have less than one guy, or you can't have less than two guys. You can't just have one person unless you're me. They don't give a fuck about me. They stick me by myself on nights, and that's okay. But um, but on day shift, you can't have any less than two. So now when, because we only have two guys, now when one guy takes off, that only leaves one. So I automatically have to work a double shift. I collect $200. They They just say, hey, be here. They don't even ask. I'm the only guy that can cover it. Because there's only three of us now, so um, I basically just sat down today and went over the other two guys' like vacation for the rest of the year. And for whatever reason, they've been hoarding all their vacation till the end of the year. 
So I have to cover 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 18 days. I have to work 18 double shifts between now and the end of the year. Good lord. <laughs> Does that dude that died have a son? Can y'all just like, <laughs> hey, you need to pick up for your dad's lineage. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't think he does or did. Get three dogs. Yeah. We can get the dogs in here. <laughs> That'd be badass. Might not work out too well for you once they find out that the dog, the job can be done by a dog. Dog, yeah, that'd be a problem. <laughs> well, efficiency's uh, we gone up. <laughs> we can pay these guys in kibble, and uh, vet bills are a lot cheaper than doctor bills, so the insurance is a lot less. Let's get rid of these fucks. Morale's <laughs> never been higher. <laughs> <laughs> now we just got a bunch of dogs running around this is badass but yeah that sounds like a Rick and Morty episode I believe it I bet that it's probably on the way probably South Park's already done it but anyway so I guess uh, guess my hobby progress how about that how about them talks so I have been in communication with my Secret Santa person. I've already got his stuff, and I've assembled it this week. I'm actually working on the last bit of assembly for his for his stuff I got him right now, actually. So I took care of that this week. I don't really want to explain what I got. And, you know, I mean, I guess if people know who, that I haven't been in contact with them, then they know that I'm not their Secret Santa so it's not, I don't know. It's just, it's going to stay a secret till it happens, until he gets it in his hand. But, uh, so I've been in contact with him, assembled his, his stuff, uh, been real happy with that. And... I didn't know you tall. had to assemble cocaine. <laughs> just a big old bag of cocaine. <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like it. So, but yeah, I've been working on that and putting Sisters of Silence, Sisters of Silence together. I'm actually waiting for more Ravenwing stuff to come in. So, in the meantime, I've got this bastardized Sisters of Silence army on the on the sideline, and they're just getting stronger and stronger. So, I got forty more sisters in. I got. I, think ja- I told you. Good. I got Jamie for my Secret Santa. We can talk about it because he's the one that sets up Secret Santa. So. He knows who he got because he assigned himself me. So, the not so secret Santa, the not so secret Santa. Hey, once we know who our like Santa guy is, are we supposed to tell him, or are we not supposed to tell him until we send him their stuff? It's up to you, man. I told like okay. Uh, the only reason I told my guy <laughs> it's called Secret Santa. <laughs> Why have you guys around? Just clarify these things for me. Do what? <laughs> Why have you guys around to clarify these things for me? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's. I mean, I, I really. It's it's kind of like a, a like a gentleman thing. Like I don't think you actually have to like be super secret about it. You just kind of have to, you know. You want to surprise? Well, them, I got so. my little person's gifts in, and uh, they're fucking dope. But I don't want. I'm not going to tell them until I fucking send them off. I will tell you this. Okay. How about I, how about I do this? I mean, my guy knows who he is. He knows his stuff's getting assembled. He's probably listening right now. Uh, so 
he plays Iron Hands, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. because he plays Iron Hands, immediately the first thing I thought was, mm, "Yeah, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna get him one of those Punisher fucking Sakarans, you know, the, the turrets." And I was like, "Well, he also yep. plays Mechanicum," so I was like, "Man, well, he's got to get Avengers for sure." So, I got off of one of our local guys here. I got the Sakaran Punisher turrets, and I got a couple of Avengers for him. But the only reason I wanted to get him that Sakaran Punisher turret was so that he could put Orth in an Iron Hands Sakaran Punisher just to see what it was like. Just to see. Like, I feel like it should have been Narqua turret, but definitely the. I just wanted to see what, what it was like to have somebody running around with that with that Punisher turret and, and Orth in there. I don't even know if he can go in there. I just assumed he can. But it just seems cool as fuck to have it. Yeah, he can. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sure can. What the fuck is going on? Jesus, Ryan's getting a Ryan's getting a fucking a demand from the the fucking Magos over there. It is coming. You waiting on a bus, bro? <laughs> yeah. At the subway right now. My wife has turned into the uh, mom from Charlie Brown. The parents from Char- Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> so that's all I got. That's all the hobby products I have. I've got putting sisters together sucks. By the way, I don't know how my roommate does it. Like, I, I'm honestly, I've got about thirty-two more sisters to put together, and I'm about to go put them in a little box and just leave them on his doorstep and hope that he just gets the idea that I would like him to put the rest together because. Putting together Sisters of Silence sucks dick. And it's, it's not... It's little thing, though. Yeah, it's like putting together Infinity models. I don't understand how people do it. And on top of that, you know, it's like... it. It's so... Um, like, these could have been snap fit. I feel like I would have preferred them to be snap fit because of how unposable they are. Like, I don't know if you've put together Sisters of Silence or if you have any Sisters of Silence that you've assembled... But they are not posable. They're not. There's no fun to them. So, once you've put together five of them, like my army right now, all together, just like it's like a side thing, we'll have about sixty-seven models or something like that. And it's like, man, I've put together five, and it's just like the same because I'm only running swords, so it's like the same duplicate over and over and over. And over again, there's no there's no change in those five five girls. Just over. No grenade launcher one. Well, then nobody makes a grenade launcher, and I haven't. I don't know. I it's it's just gonna be sword girls right now. If somebody makes a grenade launcher between now and later, I'll add grenade launchers to them because that'll be you know just ten sisters. But as of right now, I have no grenade launchers to equip them with. So I have a skunk work pro- project I'm working on, and I I actually asked you for help today in the chat, and you didn't see me. I need something 3D model, maybe, Ooh. and it should be really fucking simple. From who? Um, for what? Well, I don't know. I was gonna tell you what it is. I can't. It's skunk works, bro. We That's can't why it's skunk works, bro. Yeah. Well, let me just say yeah. this, and I don't know who out there made this happen. But so, do you remember a few episodes back where we were talking about different three, the third company, third party companies that make different bits and all that jazz? Well, yeah. During that episode, 
we were talking about Comrade Quiche and everybody like that, and then we were talking about Mad Robot Miniatures. And during that episode, I did a really good job of like uh, sucking the dick of like that company, like how good they, like how much I really enjoyed Mad Robot. Well, they are, they're cool. <laughs> they are, they uh, are. All but my, like... uh, <laughs> all my yeah. militia, well, half, I'd say, a, well, not even a, a third, a third of my militia guys have their arms, which doesn't sound like many, but I have 360 militia guys. So that's quite a few. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, like absolutely. Like I did a good enough job selling them. Like was, you know, I'm just saying like nothing against like, it was totally like, I was like, you know what? These guys are awesome. I really enjoy them. I've used them like since I played 40 K and you know, we're just talking how great they are. Well, one of our listeners actually went over to mad robot and was like, Hey, can I get a, a horse heresy commission? And he kind of came out and was like, uh, sure. And they're like, yeah, I heard about you on RFI. And he was like, what the fuck is RFI? What's Radio Free Istvan? And listened to that entire episode and heard us talking about him and came back and was like, hey, thank you. <laughs> like, that's like, like, uh, <laughs> you really, you really sold my product. Like, you, like, you guys really talked me up well. I was like, well, badass. I'm glad he you got to hear it. Because, he has a very extensive catalog of stuff too, man. Like the, he has a shitload of bits and, you know, like great coat legs for guardsmen, all kinds of stuff. You could really fucking go nuts if you were trying to find some conversion bits on that website. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent like it's, and we brought him, we brought him into our Patreon chat to like, kind of like, cause I think that Patreon chat's probably like the biggest source of, like any, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like any person that wants to like develop something for Horus Heresy or develop something for, for 30 K like they absolutely, you know, you drop them in that little chat and it's like, Hey, you go ahead and pitch it to these guys. Cause these guys will unabashedly tell you whether it's a good idea or not. And they absolutely fucking do. <laughs> like they will say, nah, I wouldn't do that. That's stupid. Yeah, no, I'm not interested in that. No, thank you. And that's what we did. He, we asked all the guys, we brought them in. Just like we have powerful fucking Pop Goes the Monkey in there. It's like, yeah, go ahead and pitch to these guys. These guys will tell you whether or not. And so I would suggest working with him, Ryan, with Mad Robot. Uh, however, I think he's probably tied up at the moment working on whatever all the fucking people in the chat suggested. He's probably making squats right now. This may be more of a Blood and Skulls job just because of what it is, but we'll talk about it as whenever we get done recording. Okay. Okay, that's fair enough. And by the way, uh, Comrade Quiche currently has a land speeder kit that that I bought for him and sent to him. Uh, however, whenever I talk to him about the Horus Heresy land speeder conversion, he said that he will absolutely take the commission. However, he could not guarantee that it'll get done in the near future because of how busy he is right now. So <clears throat> so he's going to do it, and he's got the land speeder to get started on it with, but I think he's kind of bowed up right now, even though... Dude, I can't wait for that. I'm so going to do a fucking full five-speeder five squadron for my... That gets done. Is it like a, a Legion, you know, land speeder squad, but just something more heresy? Send him the picture, Michael. I don't think Scott's seen it. I know you got the photo somewhere. Yes, no, I haven't so, seen it. So, let me let me explain how this works, Scott. So, we actually 
if you type in horse heresy landspeeder in Facebook or into Google Images, you'll see this like 3D rendering of a three-piece land. It's like a landspeeder followed up by like two jet bikes and a javelin. And in that picture, you'll see this landspeeder that is a normal landspeeder, but it's been like horse heresy eyes. Like it's been like it's been like curved off to look like the land speeder from it looks like a mini javelin javelin is what it looks like yeah it looks like a little baby mini javelin and so if you look at it you can can see that i just sent it to the chat okay gotcha yeah if if you look at it like you can tell where all the elements for the normal land speeder are and where like a javelin conversion could be made for it like you just have to print that front part you have to print that little like back turbo kit, those little back turbo boosters and all that jazz. Totally possible. Uh, So that's, that's the exact conversion kit that I'm trying to get made. And I'm trying to commission through comrade Keefe. And what's cool is I actually found the artist in deviant art that made that land speeder. Like he made that, that made this picture. Like he made the models for this in 3d already. And we got his permission to use that look like that look and all that stuff to make a 3d model he was just happy to he's like yeah fuck yeah absolutely if you can make a conversion kit do it so he's totally game for that so neat man that's fucking really badass <laughs> so yeah so but i mean honestly dude like comrade Keish, got, fucking like, good yeah man i mean in the normal land spear is actually pretty dope like with graviton guns on it and stuff and shooting all that haywire like yeah it's yeah. usually the only thing holding holding people back from playing them is the fact that they don't have anything that's like specific. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's not difficult to make the, the riders look like horse hair, Sierra riders and all that stuff. It's just the model itself is so squared off. Like that Lance Peter is like so obviously 40 K that it just looks odd. And so like trying to like getting it all, right. you know, fucking Lucius pattern all fucking like, you need to have him make a Graviton gun for the bottom of it, too. The top <clears> gun <throat> is easy to switch over to a multi-melta. You just do a barrel swap with a 30K one. Yeah. But there's no real good Graviton gun. Because if you just put a normal Graviton gun under song, it looks ridiculous because it's so small. <clears throat> so on my, the ones on that I've Raven seen guard. people use... What'd you say? On my Raven Guard, I use the Graviton cannons from the Rapiers. Yeah, that wouldn't look bad. Or I've seen people use the whatever the grav gun thing is on the 40k Mechanicum, like tank tread robot guys, the Catafron dudes. They have like yeah. a big grav gun thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, those look those good. look pretty cool on the bottom. If part if as part of that kit you made that option, because that's the op- let's be real here. That's the option. That and the Volkite Colvarin option are going to be the two that everybody wants. Yep, that's <laughs> what you're going to use. <laughs> and if you're not, you're fucking up. If you if you're putting heavy flamers on it, get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, dude, I I know plenty of <clears throat> of uh, 3D modelers right now. And if you're a listener and a 3D modeler as well, please contact us because we will find you business, buddy. We will we will get you hooked up with some fucking with some business. So. I'm just like yeah. you might even think about asking powerful fucking fabricator general himself, Mr. Stanford, 
he came out of the woodwork as a fucking modeler. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. That's he could. This is definitely something in his wheelhouse. What I want to do. So he fucking. I might he comes in the Patreon chat just like, hey, what do you guys think of this? I'm making a conversion kit for to make the Malkador look more Space Marine, and like it's like he's completely modeled up a full like Malkador, like a Space Marine Malkador, and you're just like. What the where the fuck has this been? This looks insane. And it looked awesome too. Looked really awesome. It it looked yeah. like a a Mars pattern yep. like Malkador. Like you just like what the fuck? That is a space marine. Malkador. I remember him. He brought up the the concept for it at uh, Oath a Moment, and I was yeah. like, man, that would be badass. But I didn't think about it, you know. And after that, very much because I couldn't even really. I know how Mal- Malkador put a lot of them together, so. I couldn't really conceptualize how to how to change those into something more Legion specific because they are their own unique kit. Like each Malkador is unique from a Drox sign that's unique from a Malkador Furnace. And then he drops that and I was like, Holy shit, man, that is really good. Just out of left field too. Like not even like not like it's just hey guys, what do you think about this? Boom, fully fucking completed Malkador's like where the <laughs> fuck did you come from like how did this happen because i know like i know powerful fucking john uh like he he plastic card stuff like classic like just like blood and skulls industry man like just plastic card develop stuff and then cast it and all that stuff makes his own things just like just like uh just like machinator and i think both of them have now officially moved over to 3d modeling and then into 3d printing for their uh further I guess beta kits. versions or whatever kits. Yeah. Just fucking wild, dude. Like I said, guys, if you're out there, if you're a 3D modeler and you're looking for ideas or stuff like that, we'll got them for you. We got them. We just I know that a lot of the 3D modelers that we know right now and that we've worked with in the past, a lot of them are fucking bowed up currently, so always looking for more. Always looking for more. And I'm always interested if you're out there and you know of a Shapeway modeler or Shapeway printer or something like that that has a store that I've never heard of, definitely send them our way. Send, like, I, like that Tau guy, the Tau whatever dude that makes all the night conversion stuff that just like came out of nowhere with the with the night shield and the night lancer, like the Sarasis night... Um, Lance and all that jazz just I know kinda what you're just, about. Yeah, he just kinda showed up and just like had all this like store ready to go of badass three D printed night stuff. Like if you guys know anything like that, feel free to share it with us, man. We'll we'll announce it on here. Or if you're a store that wants your stuff announced or talked about, just share it with us. We'll we'll gladly post it up for you guys. Yep. Get it get it out there. I'm not saying we're the biggest podcast, but man. We we definitely got some people that listen. It's always dope to find little things like that that makes your army look really unique. Like I was fucking saw those oppressor pattern tracks for uh Mark Tubi Land Raiders were available through Blood and Skulls. Like the the actual Sagittarius kits where I can make them wrap around. Because I saw Ryan's, yeah. I was like, man, those are dope, but I want to use the spike treads because they Fit the world ears, I think you know aesthetically. And then I saw that shit, and I was pretty excited. So, 
and the new kits that he made is they're made with the <clears throat> modification that I recommended to him where the front door will still work. Because nice. on the Land Raider Phobos, they have that plastic, the two little plastic cams and the little connector piece that goes on the side that connect the bottom door and the top door. So when you open the door, yeah. they work in junction with each other. Um, and if you don't want to glue your doors closed, like I normally don't, I don't like paint the whole interior, but I paint like just the front of it, like just enough to like fake it. So if you want to open it up, it still looks cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wanted them to function, but when you put those tracks on there, the rails that the wheels are sitting on interfered with it. Um, so I had to do some trimming and cutting on there and I sent him photos. I said, Hey man, I, if you want the doors to work, your kit goes on beautifully and everything works great. But if you want to actually not glue the doors shut, you have to mod these two pieces. And he was like, oh, that's cool. So and then built one himself and then did the same modifications that I did, but probably more professionally, probably actually modeled it, like 3D modeled it, whatever, however he did it. Um, fixed this himself on his own kit. And then the, the new ones that he's reproducing has that modification built in. So people who buy the kit now won't have to do that. If they want their doors to work, it'll just go on and work. Nice. That's nice. fucking badass. And just for you people out there listening right now, if you do do business with Blood and Skulls Industries or Machinator, uh, he is awesome with communication and customer service, as is Mad Robot, as is Pop Goes the Monkey. Like, if you're out there and you have any suggestions to give any of those modelers and you've just never thought about, like, you know, we live in such a world right now where, like, there's so many like third party companies and you forget these aren't like games workshop or like, you know, big heavy hitters like that aren't like, it doesn't matter what you think. Like if you're thinking like, Oh, it's like Walmart, you know, it's not like I can tell them something and they'll listen. Uh, that's absolutely wrong. Like these guys, they run independent, you know, companies and things like that. They listen, they take, you know, constructive criticism. Like don't go in there being a douche, obviously, but you know, if you think that you can you lay a suggestion out that'll help their company out, feel free to do it, man. These guys are definitely, definitely listening. So, I don't know. That's all. That's the spiel I had. Yep. So dig it. So that's it for hobby progress, man. That like we kind of went went all over the place on that one. I'm pretty happy about that. Pretty happy that we got into some <laughs> wild discussions. <laughs> Damn, I was gonna bring something up. I've been listening to Master Man. Like, I've been killing it in the audio books right now. By the way, like killing it. I listen to uh, Perturabo. I listen to Lehman Russ. I listen to The Silent War. All the like all those little mini dramas that were in there, and then I listen to Nemesis. Like all four of those audio books in the like past couple weeks. And I'm on Master <coughs> Mankind right now. About halfway through Master Mankind. And I'm not a real big fan of Master Mankind. Everybody like talked really highly of it, but I I can't really get into it. Like it's kind of cool to like listen to like. I'm in your boat, Michael. I thought it was uh, highly overrated, personally. Okay, I don't think it's God. bad. I I think it's Aaron Dembski Bowden's weakest book, and and he's one of my. I think he's he's probably the he's probably my second favorite Black Library author. He's got moments where he's probably the best, but he also has moments where I'm like, 
he's not as consistent. Like my favorite is probably Graham McNeil. I think he's the most consistent. There are very few times in a Graham McNeil book where something happens where I like it jars me out of the book. I can only think of one instance off the top of my head where that happened. I was like, oh, what are you doing, Graham? But there are other authors that while their highest high is, you know, really good, they sometimes do things that I'm like, what is going on? And um, I've kind of felt that way about Master Mankind. Like it's my least favorite Aaron Dembski Bowden book. Okay, cool. I'm glad like everybody talks so highly of it. And I was like, maybe I'm just not at the good part yet. And then I'm like, I realize I'm like halfway through it. I'm like, ah, where's the good? Like, where's the, where's the, where's the, the meat of this story? Like, it's just, it's so like not moving right now. That's kind of driving me a little bit crazy. There's a ton of information in it. Like, there's a ton of fucking like fluff that you just had no fucking idea about. Like the way stuff went down uh, during like the Webway War and stuff like that, and the, and the uh, uh, kind of the packs that were made with Mars to make a. Uh, uh, to get the fabricator general made and stuff like that, like like that that was all some really good fluff, like mechanicum wise. So I see why like Tim and Pretty really liked it, but beyond that, I'm just kind of like, eh, well, this really doesn't move. Like, I got no movement down there, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, I just listened to uh, Rune Rune Storm, the binary whatever it is, secession. binary session. And one other one. The other one was like a, uh, it had three stories in it. I can't remember. It's one of the newer audio dramas that you could download. It's one of the new ones. But anyway, I listened to all that. They were all pretty good. That David Annandale guy, he's probably my least favorite Black Library author. Ruined Storm was okay. It wasn't shit pile like damnation of pythos i still wouldn't like it's nowhere near like my top 10 favorite heresy book or whatever but it, it wasn't through it i was like did not like it at all and then the back half was a little better but it's still like i don't know i didn't really care for it that much but he also did the binary succession and i actually really liked it so i think his best work so far is that audio drama binary succession personally for me um mm. and dark compliance is if you like sons of horus and you like just a fan of horus the Warmaster, and kind of want to know how he thinks um dark compliance is actually really fucking cool good to know dude good to know that sounds fucking badass dark compliance and what was it i can't remember the other one that i the other one, like I said, it's got three little short stories in it, or three little audio dramas. It's like a compilation one. I can tell you real quick. Give me just a second. Have you, have Isn't you there one to... coming out called Good. Like Triumvirate or something? It's a, it's like the last story arc of the um, Imperium Secundus. Ru- Ruin Storm is the last of the Okay, that is Imperium that. Secundus. Yeah. On the um, cover with the spear and all that. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's the one I just listened to. Echoes of the other one. And it was really cool. It had, like I said, like three little short stories in it. It's got some more... It picks back up with that old person story. So if you like that, if you liked him, the perpetual guy from the Calf books, there's a cool little short story about them in there. 
anyway, yeah, check those out. They're all they're all pretty decent. Did, have any if uh, Scott, you read that Perturaba book, right? I think we talked yes. about that in the last episode. So I listened to that book based on your suggestion on that book, and that book was fucking great. Like it was, yeah. it was, yeah, I thought damn it was good, really, really good too. It um, like he out of the Primarchs, like the less you know marketable Primarchs, I guess there was a lot of gray area in his background, and that really did kind of peel back the layers on him and explain like why he is the way he is, and you know why he's they they do a very good job of taking these guys who are it you know at the end of the day antagonists and stories like they are you know bad guys quote unquote and painting them in a light that is like you know almost you know makes you sort of empathetic for them like if you see in the netflix series mind hunter you know it's it's about serial killers and like breaking down the mindset of serial killers and how it's not like it's not like trying to justify what they do but it's explaining what they do in human terms. I think I think that Perturabo book does that in a really good way because even he like had a family dynamic kinda and you you yeah, don't fucking sister. Like I didn't know he had a sister. Like I didn't yeah. I had no idea. And you also don't see him as like just this super like omnipresent, like incredibly smart being. Like you see him kind of almost as a kid. Like when he when he's uh especially before he like takes over the, the the generalship of all the armies on um Olympia. He you see him kind of as a kid and like wanting to do his own thing and shit and his dreams just kind of keep getting shit on because he's like, Nope, you're gonna make this tank. That's your job. Make this tank yeah. guy. Whenever he, he so, has that drawing he's like a, he has that drawing for like a uh like a like a Coliseum kind of thing, like a little like like a beautiful artistic yeah. venue and stuff like that. And his dad's yep. like, ah, quit fucking around. You got shit to do. Like, you're just like, what the right. fuck? Like, it really, like, like you just think to yourself, like, man, if Perturabo would have gone to any other fucking planet, you know, that what he could have become, like, it, and, like, it's so hard to, like, see that, like, he's, like, because he was, what, like, six when they found him? And it's like, okay, yep. he's six years old, but, like, a full fucking grown man, pretty much. Like, you know, he's in his later teen years is what he kind of seemed like when they found him. But they they just used and abused him like straight up in the in like immediately upon like getting him and you know it didn't matter who fucking found him they were just gonna use and abuse him and just used him to gain power and all that stuff and he saw that but I think I think one of the coolest dynamics of that book was um uh was the native Olympian born Iron Warriors purging Olympia the fucking like the the problem they faced the moral moral yeah. question of what they were doing yeah because some yeah, of that, them were just like fuck it man you guys are just gonna have to kill me i'm not gonna do this like this is a bridge too far for even me and at the end of the day like perturabo was one of those prime arcs who you know like angron and Grant, I think, had enough self-presence to know what he was doing was, you know, technically wrong and against the Emperor. But Perturabo didn't have any, like, any misconceptions that what he was doing was bad. Like, he's like, yeah, I have fucked up. But it's like, I've gone too far. Like, there's nothing I can do to go back and fix all this shit at this point. Especially yeah. after the Olympia thing, so... 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Like especially, like you got to see Perturabo's anger, and like it was so it's so weird. So as soon as I finished Perturabo, I went and listened to Lehman Russ, and finished Lehman Russ, and you just realize you're like, what the fuck? Like you just kind of assume that like everybody is afraid of their Primark or like it's like you know everybody kind of looks at their Primark. Like have have any of y'all have either of y'all listened to Lehman Russ yet, or any of the Primark's books? I other than- yeah, I have. Okay, so I have all, to, all of the ones that are out on audio. I have. Okay, so so you've knocked out Lehman Russ already. So like, l- listening to fucking Lehman Russ, you're just like, okay, this dude, and I can't wait till we get to the like Space Wolves episode, uh, because man, like after listening to Lehman Russ, it's actually kind of one of the reasons why I listen to Lehman Russ. But like after listening to that, y- you realize you're like, dude, this dude's doing it fucking right. Like he's like, I'm not even like, and, and just. For those of y'all that are listening right now, if y'all are looking for audiobooks to listen to, Perturabo is definitely a good book to check out. And then Lehman Russ was probably like one of my favorite to listen to in a while, just because you get to see like how boss, like how much of a leader fucking Lehman Russ was, where he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to become a Primarch now. I'm getting this army. My boys are coming. <laughs> like that's like just straight out the gate. He's like, I'm bringing my crew with me. And we're gonna get them all gene seated up too. And like the the Magoses are like, ah, it'll probably kill them. He's like, that's that's cool. We'll figure it out. <laughs> They'll be we're we're gonna try it anyway. I'm like, nah, most of them will probably die. Well, fuck it. Let's give it a go. Like that's how cool he was. And so like his immediate like dudes around him were giving him the best possible advice all the time. And they knew that like if they pissed him off, they'd probably get knocked out or probably get beat. Whereas, like, Perturabo is just going to fucking ice you. Like, Perturabo is just going to murder you for talking out of line or for giving yeah, your own opinion yeah, and stuff like that. Like, that poor fucking yeah. dude that came and told Perturabo that, like, hey, uh, Perturabo, just let you know the, the fleet's not here. They stayed at Olympia. And that dude just gets, like, his back shattered fucking, like, Batman Beyond. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, I'm like, what the... like. Get a fucking grip, Perturabo. Like, I was mad at Perturabo most of that fucking book when he's an adult and, like, in a Primark form. You're like, dude, get it the fuck together, man. Like, you don't got to be mad all the time. Yeah, Whereas, like, Lehman very, Russ is just, like... Very emotionally unstable, the, that him. Like, how? I, I don't understand how, like, anybody, like, anybody respects him at all, you know? They're just, like, obviously terrified of him because he fucking could kill you, but Jesus, like... Yeah, well, that's that's where it comes from. He can just beat the fucking shit out of you and kill you all. <laughs> that's that's pretty much, you know. But it at the same time, it's it's kind of a funny juxtaposition because he is painted as a character who's always supposed to know, like, the X's and O's of war and logic and, you know, the ins and outs of the mental battle that, like, you know, waging large-scale conflict is. All the while, he has all these crazy emotional hangups to make him act like a fucking crazy person, you know, in in really stressful situations. So, I'm just saying, if you're out there listening right now and you want to make a like a uh, loyalist Iron Iron Warrior army, uh, just go listen to Perturabo, and there's plenty of fucking fluff to get you in there to like oh, find yeah. where find where people would yeah. break off from the from the iron warriors like, well they said i think it's part of the canon that of all the traitor legions there was more iron warriors that stayed loyalist of any of the other legions that fell uh, became traitor i would believe it especially so of after the Olympia. nine legions that became traitor 
games that became traitor, there was more Iron Warriors that stayed loyal than any other. Yeah, it's in book three. Um, a big a big part of it was that he broke off bastions and left bastions at every planet that they like besieged. So there were a shitload of people who were separated from the crusade fleets and they never actually got word that, you know, anything had ever happened really. So Kier Valen. <laughs> yeah. Kier Valen. Case who, point. uh, in, in the Pertraba book, I mean, since, since we're on the subject anyway, sure. and we may as well drag this out as long as we can. Um, <laughs> Like the guy who like fucked up and couldn't defend against the Harud, they sent him off like to like some fringe fucking system as like punishment. Oh, Dantiak. We're talking about Dantiak. Dantiak. Yeah. What happened to Dantiak? Like, yep. What's the story of Dantiak? Like, where's he at now? You, oh man. Oh geez, you're fucking. You're you got to read Pharaoh. So, so, so there's Dan. So Dantiak is there's a, a short story about him called Iron Within, Iron Without, right? Okay. Or is this called Iron Within? Do you remember, Scott? One of those two. It's, you know. it's And it's my favorite heresy short story. Okay. Of, of all the heresies, that one and the, the Crimson Fist are my two favorite heresy short stories. Yep. But anyway, so listen to that, and then right after that, read Pharos, which is a full-length novel. And that'll give you the entire Dantioch story arc. Cool. I, I really like. Oh no, he's also in fucking Unremembered Empire because everything is in that shit pile of a book, and you're pretty much forced to read it, even though it's fucking awful. That's why me and JP don't like it. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, all right. Well, Dantiak, man. Like immediately, I was like, I felt so bad. Like, is he old as fuck in those books? Like, is he dying like from the Herod yeah. in those books too? Yes. Yes. He, oh, that's yes. fucking cool. <laughs> that's. I'm so glad that's still canon. <laughs> like. I was, He's a bad motherfucker too. Like you definitely need that iron within fucking short story is so goddamn cool. Do you really like it too, Scott? Yeah. I mean, he's that Legion has a really good way of creating little sub characters who wind up being hard as fuck like him. Kier Valen's a really good example of that. Um, you know, if you're familiar with like Falk or any of those guys that are in the other, um, like the triumvirate dudes, those guys are really interesting characters. And Oryx they... and Kruger and um, what's the other guy that used to be Tormino? Um, Tormino was in there. Yeah, Iron Fire um, guy, the guy who yeah. made like the Iron Fire tactic. Um, Grendel. Well, he, yeah, he, yeah, he shows up. His the original story arc is in that Iron Within yeah. short story, yep. and then then you his follow up story is in um, Iron Fire. Yeah, that's a fucking dope ass one too. That's a really good short story. Yeah, Crindle is it Crindle or Grindle? Crindle, Crindle. Yeah. It's like Isaac Crindle or something like that. Starts with an I, first name. Yeah, that's fucking badass, dude. Another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up and and, and talk about, uh, just while I have you guys here, uh, the lion in Lehman Russ, like. Like, okay, so, so listening to, like, different Dark Angel novels, you always kind of get, like, the cold shoulder of the lion. You never really, like, get to learn the kind of person he is and all that stuff. But him interacting with Lehman Russ, this was the only book where I was like, damn, the lion's pretty co- fucking cool, man. Like, he's a pretty, like, legit dude. Like, I know a while back I had talked about the lion. No, it was during the Dark Angel episode. I had talked about the lion 
And Ryan, you came back and you were like, no, nah, the Lion's actually a really good general. Like, he's actually, like, you know, he's, he's a very solid general. He's conquers all these worlds and all this stuff. After listening to that Lehman Russ book, he's one, of the, realized, he's one of the better X's and O's Primark. He's, he's kind of like the loyalist version of Perturavo as far as, like, strategy general-wise. He's considered one of the foremost, like, just battlefield generals, like, strategy-wise, according to the flow. Yeah, and then and then during that book, man, they they actually like kind of uh, break down like it, there was there was a without actually like spoiling the book for you guys, it, it basically showed this like this conflict between Lehman Russ and the Lion, and like Lehman Russ has to eat some shit, man. Like that's it, and you're just like and the Lion. The whole time, like, you've always heard this one specific story about how, like, the Dark Angels are, like, power-hungry and all this stuff, and they're trying to just, like, you know, fucking get one over on the, the Space Wolves or stuff like that. When you actually listen to the story, you realize, like, holy fuck, dude, the lion is, like, this, like, legit, like, trying-to-be-nice guy. Like, he's not going to fucking, like, he's kind of like that guy at work that's trying not to get his buddy fired who drinks on the job, and you're like, ah, man, he drinks too much, and... I don't want to get in trouble because he drinks so much, but I'm not going to fucking rat him out. And then it's like, well, well, I'll just do his fucking job for him. And then, you know, it's like, then then he gets fired, and you're like, oh, man, I should have just said something. That's kind of like the lion, man. The lion's just like a cool dude who's like going to just like step back and let you do your thing, but you're not, he's, you're not, he's not going to let you ruin his fucking day. So, I don't know, man. That, that, that whole aspect between those two brothers, I was like, holy shit, like, you're not gonna find this in any other book, like so. Lima Russ Perturabo, both, both solid books. Master Mankind, I give or take it so far. Maybe I'll get surprised here in a little bit, but I really don't care about Custodes too much to, to care. Solid Sisterhood. When you get the, it, like I, but. I gave a three line synopsis that triggered a lot of people, but it's 100 percent true. It's pretty funny, but I can't give the synopsis without it like. Like, it's basically hits all the fucking... You can basically tell the story of what happens in that book in a paragraph, and that's what I did, but it makes a lot of people mad when I do it. <laughs> it's pretty funny, though. <laughs> is it like, uh... Is it like, what do you call it? Um, the Indiana Jones series, where, like, nothing they did fucking mattered, like Nemesis was? <laughs> like... It's like, oh, well... <laughs> no, no it's what, not... What happened? Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really say anything without doing major spoilers for the book. Okay, that's fine. Well, anyway, yeah, I've uh, I've been killing it in audiobooks this week. I don't know why. It's just I've been really feeling it, feeling listening to the storyline. And then you know how, like, sometimes when you try and listen to an audiobook and you realize you're three chapters in with no fucking clue what's going on? Uh, this is not like that time. This is, like, actually, like, I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm fucking into these books, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm digesting these things, so. Been rocking and rolling. So, anyway, where are we? Where are we in this podcast? Like, we, I, I don't know. We need to get it moving because Scott has to leave soon. Yeah. So, let's talk about episode 78.5 and why it exists. Uh, because I'm a fuck up and I'm mad. It, it exists because Michael won't let me pull down the other episode and re-edit it and fix up that I'm totally ashamed of. And so. then put it back out. 
<laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast right now uh, and you have friends that you said, hey, go check out the Iron Warriors episode, uh, go ahead and tell those friends to go ahead and check out the episode directly after the Iron Warriors episode. Uh, I haven't posted it yet, but I'm pretty sure it, it'll definitely go out before this episode, and it'll probably be called uh, Iron Warriors Retcon. Mistake or episode. Like it, it, it'll be something Iron Warriors, and it's 78.5 only because there's two tiny baby details that Ryan wanted to correct on that episode. No, 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 no. no. One, one is a tiny detail that's not a big deal. One is a huge, gigantic fuck-up that should have never happened, and I don't know how it slipped through. Probably because you're a lazy war gamer, man. You liked multiple. It um, is. I, if I had to guess, that had something to do with it. But yeah, it is. So, if you're listening, I just right fucked now, up and should have caught it. And we're we're better than that. This podcast is better than that. We can't put out that bullshit, fucking content that steers people wrong. So I'm pretty upset about it. I really, truly am. Like it irritates me that it happened and that we can't just take the episode down. But it is what it is. <laughs> so that's why that episode exists, guys. And that's how. If you can all just. I mean, I, honestly, I don't even know. Like every one of our Patreon supporters <laughs> told Ryan, "That's cool, man. It's fine. Like, what do you don't don't beat yourself up about it." But Ryan is very critical, and he really cares about his his game and his podcast. A couple of homeless and, people in Indianapolis are going missing tonight, folks. So watch <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> you could uh, you could actually graph the amount of missing homeless people to <laughs> like. Eighth edition drop, uh, this death from the sky. Right, I've been watching Mindhunter. I'm fucking on to you. I know. I'm basically an expert now. So, oh. so that's why that episode exists, guys. Uh, just to make some, just to clear some things up. Uh, if you referred anybody to that episode or anything like that, or if you're, like I said, if you're a new listener and you started listening to that episode, just go back, check out that seventy-eight point five. It'll just have. A few little details to update, but other than that, should be good. So that's why that exists. So next up, we're gonna talk about Toys for Tots. Ryan, you want to take the lead on the Toys for Tots? Oh yeah, because you seem to know a little bit more than I do. What do you mean? Oh well, how's it going down? So I know it's a Custodes Army. I know that it was painted by a powerful Perpetual Painting, right? Yep, Dave over at Perpetual Painting, who's a local to our game club and comes and does all our game nights. Um, you can look at his, uh, he's got a Facebook page. Just go to Perpetual Painting on Facebook. He does commissions. Oh, you know, really good dude. Um, he paints for way more than a fair price, and he's really good with his time. Like when he tells you something like, hey, it's going to get done here. He's like he's not going to screw you over. You're you're here in good hands. A lot of people are leery about, you know, different commission painters, and they've had bad experiences in the past. But I can tell you that Dave is not. You would you won't have a bad experience with Dave as far as timeline wise and, um, you know, price and all. Like he's not going to screw anybody over. He's a good dude. Um, but anyway, he volunteered his time like uh, to fully paint this custodes army so he drew up the army list he designed the army himself um and he painted the army himself basically he just designed the army told uh jamie 
uh, what he needed. Jamie told people, hey, we need this much money or these models, whatever he wanted. And people just donated it. And then once it all came in, it got all sent to Dave. Uh, Dave assembled it, uh, fully painted it, put it together. He even scratch built some pretty cool conversions and stuff for the army. And now it's done and sent back to Jamie. It gets posted tomorrow on eBay, uh, which will actually be the same time that this show releases. So if you're listening to this now, you can go to eBay and look for, you know, 30K Custodes Toys for Tots Army or whatever. And we'll also have a link, a link on our Facebook page. We'll put it in the patron chat. It'll be everywhere. I'll throw it up on Eye of Horus. It'll be a lot of places. And the way these auctions work is all the models or money to buy the models and paint and all that shit is just done by community volunteers, whatever. Um, we Jamie collects all that stuff, and then whoever wants to paint it or volunteer to paint it gets sent out to them. They paint up the army. They send it back to Jamie, and then Jamie puts it up on eBay, and then whatever it sells for, 100% of that money, Toys for Tots. And what Toys for Tots is, this is a charity run by the U.S. Marine Corps, and the U.S. Marine Corps basically collects money in donations, and they use all that money in donations to buy uh, Toys for children. Christmas presents for under, for, yeah, for Christmas presents for uh, children that, you know, basically make sure all these kids get a good Christmas. If they're underprivileged, don't have, you know, their parents don't have the money or, you know, whatever, orphanages, whatever it is, they make sure everybody gets to have a good Christmas and they send toys out to kids that wouldn't normally get toys. So, pretty cool charity. Fantastic charity. And guys, just to let you know, even if you have no intention of buying this army just because you, you know, don't have the cash or it's holiday season or anything like that, for one, this army's fucking gorgeous. Like everything about this Custodes army, it's painted beautifully. Uh, it's conversions are great. Like it, it, everything about this army is like the beautiful gold that you'd want to see. So, just for one, go to our Facebook page, go check out this army. And if you wouldn't mind, guys, we're definitely, we want to get as much publicity towards this army as we can because it's for such a good cause. And we love getting this out there. Even if you don't plan on buying it, if you just decide, you know, if you just want to share this with your friends, get it out there, let everybody know this army exists because there's somebody who wants to buy it or somebody who wants to bid on this and, and, and have this army. It's a beautiful army for one, just to look at. And then also, it's for a great cause. So if you just want to help us out, share it out there, get the word out that this army exists, we're just trying to absolutely help in any way we can for this good cause and to get this information yeah. out to you guys. And and he does this. We do this every year, or Jamie does it. He's the one that basically takes the point on it every year. So if you guys... Yeah. Any and they, it gets worked on basically year round, and then we just try to put the auctions up around Christmas time every year. But a lot of times they'll just go up whenever, and then he just collects the money and then donates it whenever. Um, so if you guys also want to just donate stuff, like really anything heresy related, uh, if you have like an extra couple tactical guys laying around or an extra fucking rhino or whatever, Jamie has an email now, right, Michael? Jamie at Jamie at Warhammer30k.com. Do we have him? Yeah, J-A-M-E, though, right? J-A-M-E at Warhammer. Yeah. At Warhammer30k.com. And um, 
And a big yeah, shout so out to can... him, man. He's fucking really awesome. I don't really know him all that well. I I do share a chat with him, so he has to see all the memes and dick pics I put in there. But uh, <laughs> he, he's a, like he gets nothing out of this. He just does this from, kind of from the kindness of his own heart, and I say that's a very big testament about the, his character. So definitely, you know, thank you to him for his hard work. Powerful, powerful Jamie, yeah. dude. For real, he's uh. I don't know if you're listening right now, Jamie, but thank you so much for for all you do. Running the running the secret Santa, like I can only imagine that that was not fun, especially since you had twin babies at the same time as running it. But on top of that, you're doing this toys for tots, taking care of all that. You just you good you good man, you good guy. There's also another army painted by this guy named Brian from Texas. So I don't know if. Uh... Brian listens or not, but if he's listening, thank you to you too, man. We, uh, uh, whenever that army goes up for sale, we'll definitely be sure to shout you out again too. He's doing an Iron Warriors army, I believe. Yeah, badass. And then, guys, if if you're out there listening, I know we have a number of uh, other podcasters and other people who have their own medium of of uh, I guess uh, <laughs> their own medium of publicity if if you want to you know share this yourself or maybe have one of us on talk about this toys for tots army i'm pretty sure we can definitely get on and 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 talk about it and and get it get more publicity towards it so let us know right but like i said any listeners out there if you have extra shit and you want to donate it or donate money or whatever contact one of us or jamie will put you in contact because they can, that's everything, like I said, is 100% donated, and then they find painters uh, that want to do it. Or even if you're a painter and, you know, want to paint something, you can contact uh, Jamie, and we'll keep this thing rolling and just keep doing it every year. And uh, puts it puts more cool armies out in the community that you can see at a table near you, fully painted armies, and it also gets, like I said, uh, toys for children in need. So it's, it's pretty cool. The whole thing's cool all the way around. Love it. Love that we're we're helping out and that we're somehow a part of it. <laughs> so rock and roll. Rock and roll. So that's it for Toys for Tots. That's gonna be all that. Like I said, guys, go check out the Facebook page, Radio Free Istvan, and we will definitely uh get that rolling for you guys and you'll be able to see that army on there. Um so before we get to voicemails, gonna go ahead and play one commercial for you. And then we'll go ahead and jump on voicemails. So, hang out. Has this ever happened to you? I'll never understand these painting techniques. I may as well just quit. Well, not anymore with Little Legend Studios Painting Masterclass. Hi, I'm Little Legend. We all struggle with those internet techniques. Airbrushing, wet blending color theory let me demystify these for you coming this january 13th and 14th montreal quebec 20th 21st charlotte north carolina i'll be teaching airbrushing color theory classes bring your dreadnoughts bring your rhinos i'll guide you through those advanced weathering and finishing techniques to get the best from your miniatures with the little legends masterclass system we'll turn this I am so frustrated by these advanced painting techniques. Into this, and here is your Crystal Brush Award. Wow, thanks, little legend. 
For more information on the Little Legend Painting Masterclass, please contact littlelegendstudio at gmail.com or agentdarknesspodcast at gmail.com. If hard for heresy for more than eight hours, contact a physician. Crystal Brush, not guaranteed. Okay. I never get tired of that. <laughs> like, uh, I will never, <laughs> ever get tired of that. Even when it's over, we're still going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> it's still coming. What an what a honest depiction by the powerful Jake Bussy there. You can really tell the sincerity in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, on to voicemails. One second here. And this voicemail comes from Chris. He says, I sent Ryan a 2,500-point list request, so I figured I'd send a story as currency. I hope you fuckers and the listeners enjoy it. I always like when we get called fuckers. Let's go ahead and see. (laughs) What's his last name? I'm not going to say because uh, this says RFI inpatient psych story. And I think this has to do with where he works. Oh. And I know he's one of our uh, nice. Patreon supporters. <laughs> so, so I, I think, I think upon listening to this, you'll know who it is. And I don't know if like the story. Oh, seem like... okay. Does his last, does his last name start with a D? Maybe. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay, I got his list done. By the way, it's one of the ones we're doing. Ooh, perfect. Because so I think this has something to do with his his work, mm. and I think that he works. In a uh, with with psychiatrics, so anyway, oh, Jesus we'll Christ. <laughs> hey, Radio Free Esteban. Um, so I'm drinking alone in my game room, reflecting on my past, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I realize that I might have some interesting stories from when I worked inpatient psych uh, for the show. So. I'm gonna be, uh. Oh shit. Um. Yeah, just got distracted. Um. I'll be quick to the point. So. Fucking David. Actually, I probably won't be, but. So. In the inpatient psych unit, um. For the adolescents, there's this wing called South Wing. And that's where basically, like, the retards or. The kids that. Or just, like, major behavioral problems from, like, shitty fucking areas and, like, you know, the ghetto and shit would go because nobody wanted to deal with them. Um, so, one day on South Wing, the thermostat gets bashed, and we're like, what the fuck? Oh, wait, the glass thermometer is missing. Shit. So... Through detective work over the next like two weeks, we find out that this one girl bashed it so she could get glass, aka the thermometer, to cut with, and she's been storing it in her vagina. Whoa, vagina. Oh, so, no. um, yeah, so basically, we sent the female nurse in to dig that shit out. Um, I don't know if she got her to squat and cough or like shoved her fucking hand up there or what, but. She had been storing it in her vag for, like, two weeks. Um, a broken thermometer. And keep in mind, mercury probably absorbed, because why wouldn't it, um, in the bro- out of the broken yeah. thermometer into her fucking gaping vag wound. So. Oh. Um, and I swear to fucking God, I met the, um, 
real life Hannibal Lecter once. I had to stare at him sleep for a fucking eight hour shift. And then like stare at him while he was awake for another eight hour shift immediately following that one. So, um, yeah, that's it for now. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm so that was sure. my favorite one yet. <laughs> like, I like that. I like fucking mercury thermometers in vaginas. <laughs> that's just right up my alley, man. I think, <laughs> no pun intended. I think my favorite part was like how like like just calm he was and it probably absorbed because why the fuck wouldn't it? Like it just yeah, why would it? <laughs> oh man, that was so good. I've like so because if you remember, like I think when uh, Chris probably recorded this story, he was sitting in his game room and like he was taking pictures of like his cat was being a little crazy, and he like sending pictures to the Patreon chat with his cat. I, like I woke up to this, so Chris, I'm pretty sure that uh, <laughs> that. You might have been drinking during this. <laughs> you just shared us an awesome story. And I'm pretty sure he's got a ton more impatient stories. And I think I'm speaking for the entire Radio Free Esteban audience when I say I would like to hear more impatient stories from you because, my God, psychiatrics and crazy people yeah. are right up our fucking alley. Um, I kind of want to hear about this Han- real-life Hannibal Lecter. Really, he's obligated to call in and share <laughs> with us from how I see it. Because <laughs> we're so fucking sure that it's not the end of them. Like that was not no. the. And if you can get other people's stories that are also working with you, we'd also love to hear those. So, god dang, shoved a thermometer up there. Don't know. Uh... But what's cool is he put RFI impatient psych story one is his uh, is his email. So that means there's more on the way. Good. Good. So. Like where his head's at. <laughs> so that's all I got for oh, voicemails. His delivery, man. his delivery was perfect. That was great. Because <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, I liked it. So that's it for voicemails. We got some emails I kind of wanted to go over here. So this comes from Alex. Alex says, hi, RFI team. RFI team. You guys are amazeballs. I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now, and you make me feel really connected to the heresy community by proxy. I rarely play, mainly read, collect and convert, but I'm super keen about Camp Heresy and wait with bated breath about any news. I want to build an army specifically for this event. Do you guys have a basing theme for Camp Heresy? Uh, No, I don't think we do. Nothing like that. That seems pretty fucking cool, though. Basing theme. I mean, I'm bringing all my tables. I have a wide variety of tables. So, I mean, I got city ruins. I got desert. I got table. I got fucking grass. I got... Table is always a safe bet, man. Yeah, you're always going to pretty much find a city... city Can't go wrong city rubble. Yeah, it's always... That's a solid standard. Just nothing clear, please. Just stay away from clear if you can. Fucking yeah. You're not you're not playing on fucking glass. Guarantee it. <laughs> okay. He says a quick shout out to you guys individually. He says Michael, fellow cat lover, keep it real. 
Fuck yeah, man. Actually, me and Ryan both love our cats. But, uh, but yeah, my, I, I only have a cat, and she's actually sitting on the soundboard right now, uh, probably fucking something up that I'll have to fix later. So, thank you. Says, Ryan, your commanding knowledge of the game and lore demonstrates a passion that should be admirable. Keep up the good work. Oh. oh, thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Keep up the great work. He says, Derek, it's been awesome listening to how you built up your Space Wolves throughout the show. You make the experience really relatable. So, Derek, if you're out there listening to this podcast right now, good job. Make it relatable. Yeah, people are looking up to you. Quit changing fucking armies, Derek, and get something painted. God damn. Anyway, go God ahead. God damn it, Derek. I will fly down there. So help me God, I will fly down there. <laughs> he said, Scott, geez, man, you're fucking hilarious. Nothing more needs to be said. <laughs> I'll take it. I will I agree. take it. <laughs> Just sign up to be a Patreon supporter. All the best, Alex. Oh, good job, Alex. Glad to have you in the Patreon chat. I uh, we we enjoy making these these episodes, <laughs> and, and we always love some possible fe- some positive feedback. Never send us negative feedback because I can't handle it. So <laughs> very fragile, rather. But <laughs> so next up is an email we got from Vincent. Powerful Vincent. He says, What up, guys? First, thanks for answering my question. That was a metric fuck ton of great information on third-party bits, conversion sites for myself and the masses to enjoy. Thanks for answering that question, Vincent, <clears throat> because, uh, you know, it it got us some contacts that we didn't think we'd ever get. So, rock and roll. Second, yeah, thanks for playing you, my... So, thanks for asking. Yeah, for real. Second... Thanks for playing my half-ass voicemail and for Scott saying I fuck Sasquatches or some shit like that. Also, thanks for constantly making... (laughs) Ryan said that. Get your facts straight. God damn it, Vincent. I'm also a little salty that that, the the response for that never got sent back. Like, we never got that back. Like, we never got that voicemail finished. I don't know what happened. Like, do do we know? What, remember that voicemail? It was one, part of one of the spooky voicemails. The Sasquatch. Or, or, oh, I guess it was Sasquatch that he ended up seeing in that insane asylum thing. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. So, yeah. Says also, thanks for constantly making fun of my name when every other nerd on this gets powerful when you mention theirs. Vincent, Vincetti. We only make fun of your name because we like it. Well, that's what, we weren't making fun of it. We were just because we listened to Fighter and the Kid and Brian Callen. We're going to make fun of it now that you said something. <laughs> Vincente Rosento. <laughs> hey, don't make me some ravioli, Vincent. Quit bitching about my fucking podcast, all right? Your fucking silly <laughs> chef's hat on. <laughs> an Italian mustache. Yeah, if I want to know about Chef Boyardee, we'd ask Vincent. We could ask you, Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If I need a meaningless extra in a Sopranos movie, we'll let you know, Vincent. But other than that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. We right love you. That one. Me and Scott watching <laughs> this because he's in the he's a Marine, according to his email. And we were Michael was like, Man, we made this guy mad. And me and Scott were like, 
You make this guy mad? Yeah. He's fucking in the Marines. He's been yelled at with way worse shit. We promise you. <laughs> you act like he didn't sit down on the Marine Corps' birthday. It, Marine Corps' birthday, just dig into a job box of crayons with both hands. <laughs> so he smash him into his face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> powerful Vincent. <laughs> Love it. In regards to whatever Scott was trying to get across about the Sasquatch shit, it's funny how he mentions that because my best friend who bought, brought me to that abandoned and sale asylum I described in my voicemail was on the show Finding Bigfoot. When they came to the Pine Barrens, I used to bust his balls all the time and it is a good watch on YouTube. And he actually sent the YouTube link, which I will post right now on our Facebook page. My best friend is a guy on there named Kyle. My buddy described that these guys on the show, before they and after they film, they get high as a kite. <laughs> he went on to tell me that afterwards, these dudes invited him to their hotel room in Philadelphia and basically had a rock star-esque party. Oh, oh shit. Well, I, think I have so fucking bit of hard pass. Now, wait a minute. So, they're, they're Sasquatch enthusiasts that get high and then party in hotel rooms with other dudes. This goes back to the furry story. From last week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, yep. the rain first story? Yeah. I believe it, dude. I fucking, like, okay, let me explain something about my father being a Sasquatch enthusiast. I think we've talked about this plenty before that my dad believes that there's a big hairy man that runs around the woods, and I 100% support him. Like, <laughs> I, I will... <laughs> I will never let my dad I know. I love my dad, know. regardless of how crazy he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, my dad in this entire and the entire Sasquatch community fucking hates those finding Bigfoot people. Like that's like they fucking hate. It. They love that one dude, the uh uh what's his name? The the survivor guy, survivor man. Fuck, what's his name? Les Ryan, Les Stroud. The answer. Les Shroud. They love Les them Stroud. from Les Shroud. So, Les Shroud can do no wrong when it comes to finding Bigfoot, but they fucking hate these finding Bigfoot people. So, knowing that these guys get high as fuck before they go film and then go rock star-esque party afterwards, oh man, I I bet if that ever got out. I feel like... I feel like if that if footage of that ever got out, like them trashing a hotel room or just getting high as fuck, talking about how much they like, you know how much money they're raking in by talking to these locals. Oh, dude, I bet it would fucking destroy them. It'd be a major controversy in the fucking squatch hunting circles around the United States. It, it would rattle foundations, Scott. God forbid. <laughs> See, you, know, you know what we haven't discussed on here? The CIA paperwork that they thought that they now think Hitler lived into the 1950s. Did you see this, Michael? No. Yeah, in, in Argentina. That's old. Yeah, he went to Argentina. Yeah, man. Come on, dude. It's, it's in the got, it's in the re, it's in the released uh, JFK, JFK shit, files. I guess, or whatever. No, nah, yeah, it, but it's, anyway, it's been out it for a like, while. Like they just they just keep bringing oh, it up well, every time there's a new file leak. They're like, oh, this came out of it. Look. Okay, Hitler. But anyway, Hitler. Well, anyway, maybe we need to put Tim Kennedy on finding Bigfoot since he's tra- you know they already found Hitler, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> on his little finding Hitler thing. We'll just put him in the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better yeah. Start fucking Got. training, Sasquatch. God damn, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna want to be ready. 
Yeah, he's already yeah, fought Yul Romero, which is like fighting two Sasquatches at once. Yeah, it's like so... fight the teenage mutant <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, Fucking Les Shroud. Uh, then he asked about a list, uh, which I think actually uh, Ryan did create a list for, uh, which we will not be covering this episode. So... Uh, that's going to be it for that. It's done, though. I did it. I sent it off to him. Boom. Taken care of. I think I sent it off to him. The dick kicker list. Okay. So next email we got comes from powerful Mr. Robert Black. Wish I could make fun of that name, but I can't. It's pretty standard. Um, you're not getting any this time. Maybe if it was a little bit more Italian. So he says, Team RFI. Yeah. First off, sorry for that first email. I goofed and sent that by accident. Second, I wanted to apologize for the confusion I caused by my converting the non-believers email. Didn't mean to make my friend look so bad or to get you too confused. Uh, just for just for uh, if you're not sure who this is, I believe he sent us an email last week asking us for a dick kicker list for his towel playing friend, so he can beat the shit out of his towel player friend with his emperor's children. Uh, in the episode, you guys make a lot of good points. My original intent was to play a 7th edition game using heresy rules, kind of like how some people play their heresy armies against orcs or even Eldar, but against his Tau. I didn't know Tau didn't exist in the fluff back then, but it'd be a, an intro game, so to speak, so he'd get interested in the looking 30k. Once he brought over his stuff, he's never seen horse heresy models before. I'd show him the models, we'd play the game, and hopefully that would be the final hurdle to get him into the last take a look at the books and fluff. So that's at least the train of thought. But as already stated, you guys made a lot of good points that I didn't really think of. I probably wouldn't be a good idea to power game him into the heresy community that's built a lot of fluff and story behind the game. Haha. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess beating his fucking face won't, uh, won't bring him into it. Uh, funny thing is, actually got my wife in a little into the heresy, heresy lore, and she seems to really like the White Scars Legion. So shall we see how that pans out? Hopefully really well. Do you guys' wives get into the hobby as well? Scott, Ryan, do your uh, wives get into the hobby? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emily has no, no. She has no interest because it's. Uh, she says the rule book is way too big and it requires way too many models. So <laughs> she does play Dark Age uh, with us. I think she's intimidated by the size of it more than anything. So Dark Age is more her speed because you only need five, six models. That's what she says anyway. Mine just doesn't like science fiction. She's just not a huge science fiction fan. So it's kind of hard to, you know. If you don't like something that's entry level like Star Wars, you're not going to like something like this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The fluff is so good. Like, uh I just wish more people like got into the fluff into the heresy and like even if I just had like a wife to just talk about heresy with that'd be cool. Like if I could just sit down and be well, like, man, Lehman Brothers. Harmony, bro. <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> Emily, Emily listens to every episode of this podcast now, so maybe at some point she will get interested, but I don't see it happening. I think she listened to us like say a bunch of crazy shit on here. She likes that part. And she likes all the voicemails. <laughs> She okay. loves Ben Porter stories. She wants Ben Porter to have like a podcast series where it's just Ben Porter talking and or not, sorry, Dan Porter. Yeah, Dan. 
Yeah. Sir Cox. The yeah, once Sir Coxman, we need to. He wants a Sir Coxman podcast of just him, like retelling like his life story or whatever, and just so she can listen to it. That's I agree, me, man. So. He's missing out. He can monetize like his experience somehow. I don't know how, but surely. One of these days we need to doctor. read off. <laughs> he is a fucking doctor. One of these days yeah. we need to read off the voice or the email that we got about Dan. Dan, we got a secret email about you. That has some wild and crazy speculation. That <laughs> man, that I don't know a... if we should put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that was it was on a burner email account and everything, talking about Danny. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't. Yeah, we got like an email from Mossad or somebody. It was like <laughs> the fucking Israelis were like <laughs> fucking us. Russian fake news fucking outlet or some shit. I don't know what it is. I don't know some psyop shit to be honest with you. I'm not really sure, but probably Dan know. fucking with us. I know that's a, that's what I was thinking. I was like maybe Dan, like maybe it's dancing it, but I don't think he cares enough to do that. He's like I don't think the Coxman would do that to us. I don't know. No, I don't think he would either. It's some psyop shit. Like I, it's it definitely it shook. It us. could be because he's, he's part of that. He's part of that Lester Fat Cats game club that we used to say that that one guy likes the cock like every episode that he told us to say. Are you suggesting it could that it be like could one be of like his buddies? <laughs> some yeah. some long con, yeah, could be. yeah. Who knows? We ignored it, like we just kind of went about it, and just kind of like. But one of these days, we're gonna have to bring it up. Yeah. But back to uh, back to wives and gaming and stuff like that. Uh, I think last time we talked about Emily playing Dark Age, I specifically asked on the podcast if Emily would play Horus Heresy. And she responded on our Facebook uh, page. I like she. It was a picture that says, "I would do anything for love, but I won't do that." And it was playing horse every since then. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, and he says, "Anyways, guys, keep up the good work. I love how you guys deep dive into the lore in your shows and put that effort slash detail into your heresy miniatures as well." I appreciate you responding so fast and mentioning my email on air, even though I feel kind of embarrassed as how my email sounded rather silly. Again, I know you guys are busy, so it means a lot. You guys took the time to address it. I'll try to get some games in with some heresy guys and let you guys know how it turns out. Respectfully. R Black. RLTW. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? RLTW. RL. Hey. Bro. Yeah. Do it. Maybe that is it. That is it. What is it? Is he X Ranger? One for their Ranger. one ranger in this oh, guy. Oh, Rangers Rangers lead the Mr. way. Black. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Rangers lead Maybe the way. him and Chris Duncan can get together and tongue kiss each other Yeah, fucking do it do it every <laughs> other's belly buttons, whatever it is they do. <laughs> <laughs> They insert they insert fingers in each other's belly buttons while holding their hatchets out to see who has the longer hatchet. <laughs> it's always Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Chris. Uh, I love when Scott's like they compare how many fucking Ray Bans they own. <laughs> <It's so funny. laughs> talk about their fucking talk about sideburn growing strategies and. <laughs> 
Uh, I have two friends that are ex-Rangers, so Scott likes cracking on them because they were all in the army. Fucking kids in Copenhagen, they could dip in one day, you know. <laughs> I get it. Uh, so funny. Love it. Oh, so Scott, man. Okay. All right. And so Scott, you have a list for us, right? Yep. So a listener wrote in and uh I got this email about two weeks ago and I, I it, it's getting on mine last week to bring it up, but uh finally doing it now and basically it's a guy who's doing some skunk works of his own in his local meta and he's starting a solar ox army and I'm a big solar ox fan and he had some models he was especially drawn to, so I thought I would uh try to give him a rundown and see if he if you like the list, basically, this is kind of what he said. Well, since I don't want to be labeled as a whack guy, I want to start working on my next and first loyalist list. I want to run Solar Ox, but I'm not sure how to do it. So can I get a 2,500 point or 3,000 point list? All models on the table. All models are on the table to use. City likes the Macarius Vanquisher and the Vulcan models. Megabolter uh, Macarius a lot, and uh, he's getting a pair of Avengers. And he's not a huge fan of the like the basic Malkador's uh, aesthetics, but you know he understands that they're good on the tabletop. So that left me a pretty wide door. So I thought I'd give him a quick rundown of a good army that I don't think it's you know super overpowered, but it's not bad, and uh, it'll give him a good base of models to start with. Three Malkador furniture. Same- Go ahead. Yeah, three Malkador first. Let's think about your friends, good sir. <laughs> Who needs them? Fuck them. But uh, so this is basically just a Age of Darkness regular force organization chart. Nothing like not onslaught, just a conventional one. So I took a Lord Marshall with this displacer matrix. I uh, kept him bog standard. I didn't buy him any extra bits or anything. Just the displacer matrix because it's a three up invul save for fifteen points. That's not bad. Um, he is a basic human, all right. And the whole reason you take him in your list is because he can pick his warlord trait, and that's not just from the Solar Ox warlord table. That's from any of them in any in the main rule book, to include the ones coming out in the new Red Book that'll be published soon. So, um, that makes your army very very flexible, and that's an incredibly good rule. So you can take your models in this 2,500 point list and play them in a bunch of different ways. And we'll kind of go over that once we get to the notes at the end of, uh, at the end of the list. So two true choices are identical. You have two units of Elitaris with Volkai chargers and demolisher cannon Draxons with flare shields and armored ceramite troop choices. And then your third troop choice is a tertio of two, 20 man last rifle sections. The reason why I put them in the same tertio is they get to re-roll their leadership with, if they're within six inches of each other and they are regular humans, so it's not bad to consider that. Uh, on a heavy support, you have one Malkador and Furnace with Kim Munitions and Armored Ceramite and then you have two separate Lehman Russ Executioners with Armored Ceramite as well in those last two heavy support slots. Now, oh, pardon me. I was confused. This is an onslaught list because it has two Lords of War choices. Since he mentioned the models he likes so much, those are the ones I included. Uh, I included the Macarius Vulcan as one of his Lords of War, and it's the second Lord of War. I included the two Avengers and a suborbital strike wing. Um, 
that covers all the models he said he really had like an invested interest in. So the list is onslaught. Um, you can take two Lords of War. Each of those are eight, 25% of your list per choice, not combined. So that's important to know. Uh, Lord Marshall gets to pick his Warlord trait. That's really good. So he could pick three, him and three non-vehicle units can infiltrate. If you pick the Velotaris, they transfer that to their Droxons because Droxons are dedicated transports. So you can infiltrate Droxons. or outflank those Droxons. What yep. You can... Uh, and that's very, very good because the, you know, I've, those guys are very good because they have Volkai chargers and shit. They're not bad in combat. They have like three attacks. But, um, you know, Droxons have a Demolisher Cannon, 24-inch range. If you're outflanking them, that pretty much takes the guesswork out of having to, uh, you know, move them up the field and try to position them to get within that 24-inch bubble to actually threaten something. Or better yet, you could just infiltrate them, and then they're right there on the table to start shooting from turn one. Um, don't take those little 20-man last rifle sections for granted. They are scoring units. And in missions where you have, like, Shatter Strike or Onslaught or things where you have to get into your enemy's deployment zone, you can do that with those guys very, very easily if they can infiltrate or outflank. And that's victory points. So, yeah, they don't put out a lot of damage. They don't do a lot. They're mostly a bubble wrap unit. But if they score you victory points, they make up their points in doing that. Um, so, you are playing Onslaught, so you know you're going second. All right? The idea behind that is you're going to have those two 20-man lives rifle sections. Just bubble wrap your units that you're starting on the table and put the others off because you get to pick your Warlord trait, and you can outflank or infiltrate those. Um, or better yet, if, you, if you're playing against like an orbital assault list that's heavy drop pods, you can uh, just choose the off the Solar Ox table. They have a Warlord trait that makes everything in your army everything in your army, all models shrouded on turn one. So if it's night fight, it's stealth, and then you can make them shrouded. And then if you're in ruins, you're, you know, you see where I'm getting at this. It just keeps stacking. So even if they drop in a lot of shit, you, you bubble wrap with units to shoot at the tanks and the things they actually want to kill. They, your tanks are going to be getting like a two, three up cover save almost all the time. So you can take a really big hit on turn one and then just be just fine. Like it was extremely powerful comboed with, um, onslaught. Correct. Yep. Um, you can also make your dudes, uh, you know, a lot more mobile. Like we kind of discussed the warlord trait thing. You get to pick with your Lord Marshall. That's huge. Um, the displacer matrix thing on him was the only upgrade I think I bought for anybody in the whole list, really, that wasn't a vehicle. The It's 15 points for a three-up invul save that might save his ass. You know, Warlord trait is a secondary objective in almost every single mission, so you don't want to give up Slay the Warlord if you can help it. And if he saves it on a one or fails his save on a one, but he doesn't get killed, then it'll suck him into ongoing reserves and you can deep strike him in somewhere else later using a Nuncio Vox to keep him from scattering on one of those last rifle sections, whatever. So um, that's not a bad way to go. You know, it could save you giving up a victory point. Um, it is a relatively small number of infantry to paint in this list. It's only 41 models of infantry. I know that's like, seems like a lot, but I mean, it, 
by it's more by than that, isn't it? It should be sixty-one because you got the two ten-man units uh, and Dracosans yep, and the yep, sixty-one. Man. Pardon me, sixty-one. Um, Dracosan, Ryan. Solar Ox. It is what it is. You're you're gonna have to paint some infantry, but it's not a. Uh, it's not too much. It's not like more than they uh, you know, more than is what is necessary. I think you the two twenty man units are just perfect to give you that utility and scoring purpose. And then the Velotaris actually can provide some mobile scoring green because they're not they're not terrible. Uh, twenty Volkite charger shots at uh ballistic skill four doesn't suck. Um, they go up to weapon skill four at their initiative step in close combat. They have uh bolt pistol or last pistol close combat weapon. So I think they have two or three attacks apiece in close combat. Um, they overwatch it ballistic skill too. So they are hitting you on fives with those Volkai chargers. If you shoot at them, they don't, they, I mean, they're not great. They're not fucking marksmanship veterans or anything, but they'll get it done. So our, uh, that's a little rundown for, for some units. I thought could get him started with this army. Uh, our mystery listener, I'll let him know, uh, that I, I finally talked about his list online and he could check it out and see if he likes it. I dig it, dude. I dig it. I'm Pretty still cool. kind of, uh, yeah, I like it. still kind of sideswiped by the whole fucking Dracosan pronunciation, but you know, Hey, Dracosan, Dracosan, potato, tomato, fucking. Yeah. If, if you're coming to me looking for like the culture response to anything, you know, you're fucking barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you fucking out of left field on that as soon as it hit me. <laughs> I was like, when the fuck do we start calling this a Dracosan? I'm going to now, but I just... That's like you just pinkied up on me, bro. Like, you you get fancy go. now. Enjoy. I know. Moving up to the east side. <laughs> Ryan, anything you want to add to that list? No, sounds good. I dig don't it. get it in close combat. Yep, don't get in fucking close combat. All right, don't be the guy who's taking Solar Ox thinking you're going to be some kind of close combat powerhouse. You're going to live a life of disappointment. It does <laughs> not work that way, sir. And if uh, if you notice the game is going in your favor, just uh, go ahead and throw your throw your uh, commander out there, have him get insta killed, and then argue about how the displacer matrix works until the game ends. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for an easy fucking rules argument, go ahead and do that with something that causes instant death on him and boom, you'll be in the midst of one. So <laughs> <laughs> just just make sure make sure your points up yep. before before it happens. Hey, it's on the, the case, man. That's all I'm saying. It's on the fucking <laughs> It sure as shit is on this cakes. Purposely avoid a piece of board gear all the time and I literally when I do solar ox list I take it off and the only reason I take it off is because I tell them no one knows how this works this is just an argument waiting to happen it's not worth it just take yeah. the fucking just take the cyber familiar and the iron halo I know it's more points but I'd fucking rather spend 10 points and not have a guy hey to be real in my list I don't give him shit he comes stock with a refractor field anyway, so you could just right. you could get by with not giving him, giving him anything. And either either one or two things is going to happen: either someone's going to charge the unit he's in and kill them all and him, or 
he's not going to die. One of the two. But if anyone so much as if they kill all that bubble wrap unit with shooting or first off, you put him in a bad spot or second off, you got charged and there's, you have no recourse for that in Solar Ox. Like you don't. You're going to fucking die in close combat. Like you are a regular human playing in a fucking super hyperhuman galaxy. <laughs> don't get into a fist fight with those giant space marines. That's not ill-advised. But I like it. Shoot them with the mini cannons and Gatling guns you have. <laughs> the Emperor blessed you with. Yeah, spray them with fucking purifying chemicals and shit. Don't don't fucking try to go over there and be Billy Badass with your shitty ass butt of your Laz rifle, you know. Rock and roll. Love it. Well, Scott, it's about time you drop off, huh? Yes, sir. That's me, gentlemen. I'll see you guys next week. See you, Scott. We yeah. appreciate you. You're fucking hilarious, simply put. <laughs> All right. So how about we go ahead and move on to some more lists coming from Mr. Brian Kimmel. Let's see what he's got to say. So the first list that we got here is an Imperial Fist list. And this actually comes from Kyung, powerful Kyung. He says He says he goes hey, by Donnie, I think. So call him Donnie. Powerful Donnie. Donnie. Yeah, in a different year. Powerful Donnie. He says, Hey Ryan, thanks for the great work on the show. I've listened to a few and have dabbled it with the thought of joining the Horace Heresy communities. Friends and I are thinking of going to Heresy Camp 2018, where if that doesn't work, then hopefully there will be another 30K narrative at LVO 2019. My problem is that I never played 7th edition and obviously never played any 30K. I'm much more of a painter and builder collector, but would like to start playing. Here's what I have so far. He has painted two squads of 10 tactical marines, one power fist, one power sword, unpainted, Leviathan, Fire Raptor, Spartan, Sicarian, Dardeo, Contemptor, Pollux, five Cataphracti, twenty more Betrayal of Calth units. So I'd like to end up with with his with a Stone Gauntlet list and a non SG list, Stone Gauntlet list, that I can use at events like Heresy Camp or LVO Narrative. Thanks in advance. Here's my two painted squaws. They look the same they look like different yellows, but it's just the lighting. They're the same in real life. Or they do look like two different yellows, but they look fucking great. Yeah, the models are awesome. These look fucking really nice. And it looks like he did like Samson did and put the the, the Imperial Fist logo on both sides of their their shoulder pads. But love it. They look fantastic, man. And man, dude, we Heresy Camp is going to be fucking huge, man. That's all I'm seeing. Heresy Camp everywhere. I'm glad that people want to build armies up for dude, this. Dude, I'm telling you, it's going to be the premier heresy event i cannot wait it will be the destination that all heresy players want to come to that's the goal we be need like to make mecca. that happen be like fucking mecca so what did you do for him list wise so he said he wanted a non stone gauntlet list so um and then he went through what he had so i tried to just using the models that he had tried to make something that 
wasn't Stone Gauntlet. Stone Gauntlet Lee. <laughs> or E, or whatever. Made up words. So, he has a Pollux, so I went with a with Pollux, and I took uh, Pride of the Legion, so you get Terminators and Troopses, or Terminators and Vets as troops. Um, then I took a Master of the Signal for a second HQ choice, just base, bare bones, just the 95-point Master Signal. Um, then for his first troop choice, I took five Cataphracty Terminators, Sergeant has a Power Fist, um, two normal guys have Power Fist, um, the two other guys have King Fist, then one guy has an Assault Cannon. It's pretty cool, just Imperial Fist get Assault Cannons, and it's a cool model that Forge World sells, so I wanted to throw that in there. And those guys have a dedicated Spartan, Thermite, and Dozer Blade. For the second troop's choice, I took a 10-man Lazy Heresy squad, so 10-man Marksman Vet squad, uh, (laughs) with Artificer armor, with Power Weapon on the Sergeant. Uh, Just no upgrade. Basically, just no upgrades other than Artificer armor, Power Weapon on the Sergeant. They're in a Rhino with Pinnel Mounted Multimelta. Um... For the second troop, or for the third troop's choice, I took an identical squad, so just another 10 marksman vets, um, just artificer armor and power fist on the sergeant, so the sergeant has a power fist in this squad, and they're also in a rhino with multi-melta. The reason I did this is because of 10 tactical marines, one with the power fist and one with the sword, so models he already has and just using them as vets, so that's why they're kitted out and loaded out the way they are. Um, then for the fourth, one, two, three, four, yep, fourth and final troops choice, and Space Marine Veteran Squad with Machine Killer. Um, all six of them, including the Sergeant, have combi I have a battery of two quad mortars. They are just upgraded to shatter shells. And you can split these apart and run run them separate if you wanted, just a single quad mortar and another single, or you can combine them in a squad. You have enough elite choices to go either way. But the list that I sent you, they're in a squad, but you can decide how you want to divide them up. Then for heavy support, I took a 10-man heavy support squad, uh, all with LAS cannons. The sergeant has artificer armor and augury scanner, so 10-man LAS cannon team. Um, Then for the second heavy support slot, I took a Sakaran battle tank. Just the standard Sakaran with the auto cannon. Um, it has Sponson mounted LAS cannons and a dozer blade. And then for the third and final heavy support choice, I took a Fire Raptor gunship with auto cannon batteries and four wing mounted Hell Strikes. So if you look at his list of models, he has the Fire Raptor, he has the Spartan, he has the Sakaran, he has Pollux, he has the Cataphracty, he has the two 10 man veteran squads. Um, he sent a second email that said he had two quad mortars, so that's where the two quad mortars went in the list from, from his other list. So he has all that. Um, he's got Pollux. So I believe the only thing he doesn't have are the two Rhinos, which aren't a big deal to get. Um, and the last cannons for the heavy support squad, because he says he's got 20 more Mark IV Betrayal Cal guys he's not built yet. So out of those guys, he should be able to convert up a master signal and then just buy the last cannon kit from Forge World for the uh, last cannon team. So 
the, basically the list, I think it's fluffy for Imperial Fist. It's got a, a bunch of bolters in it. That's the other reason the, the vets don't have upgrades. He sent a secondary email asking why they didn't have uh, upgrades, and I I told him that, uh, for one, the way he has a model, they, you know, they, uh, you don't really need them, and then also with Imperial Fist, with bolters, you get plus one ballistic skill. You're already marksman, so you're already getting the sniper rules. So it's it's really not bad just to run in bare bones with bolters. Um, and actually, I do it even though I don't get the bonus. I I run my Blood Angel ones the same way, just basically naked in a rhino with a pinnel weapon, and just use them to outflank to have uh, scoring units in the opponent's backfield uh, shoot up their quad mortars and stuff like that with your, you know, marksman rounds, tank out backfield units, things like that. It's it's pretty pretty cool little setup. So that's basically what they're for. So the two veteran squads will essentially outflank to get in their backfield, and then the uh, the six marks or the six machine killer vets they're going to deep strike with Pollux's special rule because Pollux can give one infantry unit in the army uh, deep strike. So that's why they don't really have a transport because they're just going to deep strike, and then Pollux will jump in the Spartan with the five cap Fracti. So that's where he's supposed to go. Very cool. Very mobile, so, mobile force, except for the you know last cannon team. But I still like it. I mean, and the cool. and the quads, yeah. So he's got a the last cannon team and the quads are fire based. The last cannons are a good choice for um, Imperial Fist because of the uh, they get tank hunter for free, which is pretty badass on that many last cannons. You'll put the master of signal near them, either with them or near them, to give them. Ballistic skill 5, which is pretty baller with his Cognosignum. Um, and then you could also use that to do the quad mortars if you wanted to build a little fire base in the back. And this list is actually 2482. I left him 18 points for whatever upgrades if you wanted to put power weapons on something or swap something around or uh, put some combi weapons in the Terminators, whatever he wanted to do. Um he doesn't have any idea what he wants to do with it. The first thing I would do is probably throw artificer armor on that master signal. But yeah, that's pretty much it. And he's got most of the stuff. The other thing I would do for his army, going off the list of models he has, he's got a Leviathan with the Grav Flux and the Storm Cannon. I would, if you if you've not glued the arms on, I would get get the uh, I would magnetize those arms, or even if you have glued them on, if you can get them off, magnetize them and get you a close combat weapon. Uh, for him, which I sent th that to him in the email, and then I think he needs to own at least one Dreadclaw for this army because he has a Contemptor, he's got a Dorado, um, he's building these uh, machine killer vets for this list that I just wrote, like, he's got a lot of things that could use just, like, a lone stray Dreadclaw that you could throw in a list. Uh, the Terminators could use it, so it's just not a bad thing to own. So even though they're not in the list, I told him that that would be if you're looking for something to fill out your Forge World cart, I'd throw a Dreadclaw in there and a Leviathan uh, close combat arm and a Dreadnought you're Drop on. You're eventually going to want to run it. Yep. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I like the list a lot. I think it's it's definitely competitive. You learn how to, to play it right. It's not going to be overpowering. People aren't going to look at it and be like, oh, it's fucking cheesy. Um, I think it's very narrative and it uses all your special rules. It uses Pollock's Deep Strike rule. It uses Tank Hunter, it uses the Bolter Rule, and um, all that. And then, like I said, it also fits with all the models you own. So, win-win-win. 
Dig it. Sounds sounds bueno, man. Be happy. I'm sure he'll be a happy list to play. So, moving on to our second list. This comes from Chris, the one who had the uh, crazy inpatient story. He says, "Hey, this is Chris from the Patreon chat. My buddy is getting into 30k and has zero war game experience." All my gaming picks over the last year got him hard for heresy, and he doesn't even understand the game fully yet. I recently loaned him my outdated red books and got him a 7th edition mini rulebook to familiarize him with the stuff. Hashtag mini rulebook. Love that thing. I'll be demoing again for him soon. Anyway, my friend JP loves the idea of Mongolians on jet bikes, but he already bought a calf box. So I told him I could assemble them and he could try out my 13 jet bikes and 15 motorcycles I plan to use for my Blood Angels after my Death Guard were done. So we're looking for White Scars list made from a calf box. Oh shit. Plus 13 optional jet bikes and 15 optional motorcycles. I also have two calf dreads I'd loan him. I love what you guys do. Keep up the awesome work. To him, I am definitely interested in what you do with this list, Ryan. Calf box White Scars. Uh, hang on. Let's hear it. Okay, yes. Yep, so this is what we got. So, like you said, he's got a calf box, and then on top of the calf box, bikes 15 motorcycles. So, I basically just used all of that with this list. So, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, the way it fell into place, and he's not going to have to buy a lot. So, I took a Praetor, um, and he's taking the right of war, Chagorian Brotherhood. The Praetor is a Paragon Blade, Melta Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and he's on a standard Space Marine bike. Um, this Ride of War requires your HQ to be on a bike or jet bike, I believe. Um, so he's on there. Uh, then for his second HQ, uh, I took a Librarian that's Mastery Level 2 with Artificer Armor. Oh, I messed this up. It's not a big deal. I don't know why I gave this guy Artificer Armor because he's on a jet bike. You don't need it. So, word to the wise kids, don't give somebody Artificer Armor if you're buying them a jet bike because their save goes up anyway. Hooray! Classic Take run. Off, so. Yep. Spotted that. Woohoo! Ten more points. So, anyway. With Mastery Level 2, um, he gets a free force weapon. I always recommend the axe, but, you know, whatever you want. Um, he's got melt bombs refractor field and then a scimitar jet bike so if you look he's got 13 jet bikes 15 motorcycles you can tick one off of each of those so now he's going to have 12 jet bikes left and 14 motorcycles left so keep that in mind so then for his first troops choice because it's Trigorian brotherhood you can take bikes or jet bikes and outriders as troops so his first troops choice is going to be six sky hunter jet bikes in a squad um the entire squad has melt bombs the one of the guys is going to be upgraded to a sergeant. The sergeant will have a power glaive. And then two of the normal bikes will have Volkite culverins. So that's his first troop choice. Then for a second troop choice, it's another identical squad. So six more jet by sky hunters. Sergeant has power glaive. Two normal guys have Volkite culverins and the whole squad has melt bombs. So that is a total of six jet bikes. And then the librarian makes 13, which uses up all of his jet bikes that he owns. Um, for his third troop's choice, I took a seven-man Outrider squad. The sergeant has a Power Glaive. Um, two of the basic guys have power weapons, and the entire unit has melt bombs 
um, for the four, fourth troops choice, I took another identical unit. So seven man squad, sergeant has power glaive, um, two basic guys have power weapons, and the entire squad has melt bombs. So that's 14 bikes, plus the librarian makes 15. If you look at his, what he says, he's got exactly 15 bikes available. So that uses up all of his bikes. So at this point, all his bikes and jet bikes are used up. So all we have left is a calf box to play with. So for elites, I took a 10-man uh, uh, machine killer veteran squad. Um, all 10 of them have combi weapons. My, I actually envisioned these guys having uh, plasma, combi plasmas. He could go melt if he wanted, but I think plasma is uh, is cooler. I forgot something in this list. The Praetor has a, um, what's that thing? Cyber Eagle? Is that what it's called? Cyberhawk. So, anyway, go back. Make a notation that the Praetor is a Cyberhawk. <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, um, I remembered that because, because it combos with these combi plasma guys, which we'll get to in a second. So, anyway, uh, so there's basically 10, dude, 10 uh, machine killer vets, all with combi plasmas. The sergeant also has artificer armor. And they're in a Rhino with a penal mounted multi-melta. Then for the second elite slot, I have another 10-man veteran squad. These guys are going to be marksmen. Um, two of them have combi meltas. The sergeant has artificer armor and power glaive. And the entire squad has melta bombs. And they're in a Rhino with a penal mounted multi-melta. And then the third and final elite choice in the army is another 10-man veteran squad uh armed exactly the same way as the last one so the sergeant has artificer armor power glaive um two of the guys have combi meltas the entire squad has melta bombs and they're in a rhino with pinnel mounted multi-melta so the cool thing about this is the marksman vets get outflank anyway but even if they didn't this right of war would give them outflank um the machine killer guys are going to have outflank as well so what you can do is you can outflank these machine killer plasma guys. So it's going to be essentially strength eight plasma coming in from outflank if you shoot a vehicle on the side. Then with the cyber, if you use your cyber hawk um, in conjunction with them, they get to re-roll ones uh, when rolling to hit. So any of the gets hot, any of the ones you roll for gets hot, you get to re-roll, which also can generate you extra hits. So it combos extremely well with a lot of these uh, shooting units. The other thing I was worried about in this army was anti-tank because like with just a calf box and jet bikes, you're not, you virtually have no ranged anti-tank. So that's why I loaded up like basically the entire army list with melt bombs So the, all the jet bikes have them, all the outriders have them and 20 of the 30 vets have them. Cause I mean, that's basically what you're going to be relying on for anti-tank is your melt bomb You got the one plasma team that can kill like light medium armor. But you're not going to be able to go after like land raiders and shit with it, right? But this uses the entire calf box, uh, other than the two HQs, obviously the dreadnought and the terminators. Um, but twenty twenty four ninety, uh, when I basically I put the artificer armor on the librarian, which came off, and then with those ten points, I bought the. Uh, Cyber familiar for the Praetor, or the sorry, the Cyber Hawk for the Praetor, because I'd forgot to throw that on there earlier. 
So the Praetor will go with one of the Outrider squads, which grants him scout, so he'll scout up with one of the Outrider squads. And the Librarian goes with one of the Jet Bike squads. And I personally think Divin, we've talked about it many times on the show before, but I, for Jet Bikes, with a Librarian on a Jet Bike going in a Jet Bike unit, I think Divination is 100% the way to go. Um, All day. You get rerolls to hit. Yeah, and then that one fucking Malediction power... Yeah, it's yeah. just really extremely good. Every pretty much everything is good. The the counter attack Overwatch at full ballistic skill is good. The four plus and vulnerable saves good. Um, the thing that allows the librarian to tank uh, pressure or uh, precognition is good. Prescience where you get twin linked is good. The thing that you cast on an enemy. See, that's the other. That's the one way that this list would have ranged anti tank if you could throw the if you get the psychic power where all attacks against a unit count as rending, you could then score up to armor. You can then score up to 14 with a strength five weapon with rending. So with all these jet bikes, uh, heavy bolters and shit, you could maybe, you know, you can get lucky and throw some glances or something on a Spartan or whatever by throwing that psychic power on. If you get it. So for sure. And then, honestly, if you pick any other psychic power, just being that mobile with the librarian, being able to deliver that psychic power anywhere, it's just, it's, I mean, obviously yeah, the it's really idea. Good. Yeah, the idea. And, and the other it, cool thing about this, the, the three vet squads all have implacable advance, and then the four bike squads are troops. So, single unit except for the two characters in this army is scoring. So... They, it's the ideal army for that last turn fucking cash grab to go grab some... Uh, yep, because all those infantry dudes are going to be outflanking and then all those bikes move really fast. So it's an army that you'll very much want to play to the mission. And, um, you know, got to be smart about how you play it and you're going to have to kill a lot of tanks with melt the bomb stuff like that. To me, it's very White Scar. Seems very White Scar to me. Yeah, everything about this list screams White Scars. So pretty cool. And I, I think it fits his, um, what he was wanting to do. I mean, he's got, you know, that's what he has. It uses all the models that he already owns. So he'll basically all have to do is go find three rhinos, which pretty easy to come up with three rhinos. For sure. He can even use Mars pattern if he doesn't want to get crazy. So that's it. That's it for the list. That's it. All right. Before we go, I did want to bring up this last email because it's going to determine what our ending song is going to be. Uh-oh. This, yeah. So this comes from Douglas. Douglas says, Hey, guys, I'm a bit disappointed with the beard talk that you keep going on about without mentioning the preeminent beard enthusiast from Australia, the Beards, an Aussie band which has been going strong since 2005, focusing solely on beard-related music, with songs such as You Should Consider Having Sex with a Bearded Man, and It Only Takes Two Weeks to Grow a Beard, and If Your Dad Doesn't Have a Beard, Then You've Got Two Mums. Check them out on YouTube in next episode. Let's hear them on the podcast. Beard on, guys. Doug. So this sounds like... Uh, so what he's talking about, Michael... Yeah. Michael was... Conf- yeah, Michael was confused about this. 
we had a bunch of beard talk at the beginning of my guest appearance on the Varangian Heresy podcast when I went on there to do their Heresy one-on-one podcast. So, <laughs> so hopefully that guy, Douglas, listens to this podcast because the ending song, we're going to go ahead and play one of the Beard songs. Just for you people out there. I thought it was one of the weirdest emails we've ever gotten. So, and we've gotten some weird ones, people. (laughs) So, we'll go ahead and close out on that. Ryan, you have anything else you want to say before we leave? No. Well, all right. We'll catch catch you guys later. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Had a girl. An actual girlfriend, yeah She asked me To trim back my face hair But nobody ever Tells me to shave Tells me to shave So I dumped her I dumped her straight. Cause I'm bearded And that's how it's going to stay I let it grow Sometimes it annoyed me Sometimes it itched And you help me grow